from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka. This week on Nintendo Main, we got more Switch Pro rumors. We got a Sonic Direct, and we're going to talk about what we think is happening with this E3 Nintendo Direct. There is only Subnautica. I predict all our Nintendo dreams will come true. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 273, your place for fans of Nintendo to talk about things that we hope Nintendo might do in the future, and other directs that are not Nintendo, but close enough. And we are your hosts. I'm Trey, living in a Megami world, and I'm a Megami girl. Does a jar in the woods? Mikowski. I'm John Dolphin Knitter. Dolphin Lundgren Knitter. So I, I wanted to talk a lot a little bit of uh, news stuff, I guess, at the beginning that's not video game related, but it is video game related. Corona. 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 I, I went out in the world today. I actually went and walked around. I had a doctor's appointment earlier, so I went to so I went to Worker Park and I walked around and the whole world has started again. Whether we're actually ready for it or not i'm sure you guys have been aware of that it was pretty weird like i was out and it was just like it was any other day like i walked through like wicker park and it was completely filled with people everywhere like sitting on the grass and sitting on all the seats and not all fully masked and it's weird it's a weird time i got the latest aw pay-per-view and it wasn't it wasn't in like the regular like it wasn't in as big of a venue but the still the venue they were in was filled with people. There were still probably like 500 people there. And and I think I saw two masks. And I think that was the people that were working the event that were wearing the masks, not the people that were mm-hmm. in the audience. So it was really surreal. Plus they're like plus they're like going on tour now, like as of right now they're leaving. And the next pay-per-view in September is actually going to be in Chicago, so like everything is everything is going now. It just seems like so weird and it seems so sudden and too early for me. I guess yep. for everybody to just be like, okay, everything's fine. Let's go just do everything like it was before. And I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of frightening to me. Yeah. yeah. No, it seems like, I don't know. Somebody punched a hole in the bottle and like the water is getting out and everybody's like, well, let's drink. Yeah. It's like when, yeah, yeah. No, there's no, uh, there's no putting a stopper in that bottle either. Like people aren't going to go back without it getting really, really bad. People aren't going to, willingly go back to any sort of lockdown or restricted behaviors after this because it's just not going to happen nope. yes, so, it, yeah, I've, it's been like that everywhere uh, when we traveled a little bit this weekend went to southern Illinois and I'm sure it wasn't a whole lot different than it had been weeks prior but still it was just there were not even really signs up and stuff places about it no, no signs about masks about masks or social distancing or I mean, still, still like every. There were signs yeah. that said, like, we actually went to a place where it just there was just a sign on the door that said, 
yay, if you've been vaccinated, no mask necessary. That's all it said. Oh, weird. I, I actually passed by because, you know, I, I don't have the car, so I was walking around. And I did see, I saw a mask at one of the restaurants that said, vaccination or not, you still have to, you still have to wear a mask. So yeah. there are still those yeah. around. Like you, like, you still have to wear masks everywhere in Chicago. It's just, I know, like, places that aren't here have probably done away with it somewhat. So it's just kind of. I also have like, a feeling that the people who are enforcing it are a lot more lax now. Mm. So even if they are, like, if that sign's on the door, no, it's not. Like, they're not going to chase you down and tackle you if you're not wearing a mask, you know. Not that they would right. before, but especially now, they're just not going to say anything, most likely. I did see, I did see like a box of masks like attached to the bus because I took the bus somewhere and there was like a plastic box of masks like where you could just take one, I guess, if you didn't have mm-hmm. one. So I thought that was kind of progressive, you know, to have them available for, because, you know, you're obviously supposed to wear your mask, supposed to wear masks on public transportation. And it was nice that there was, a, I guess, if somebody didn't bring one, you could be like, you have to have one in here, grab one there and put it on, you know, so. But everybody on the bus had masks and it wasn't really crowded, but. It was just something, you know, because from what I've seen, unlike with the wrestling thing, I was like, oh, okay, well, they're just going to go and everybody's just going to be like, oh, it's fine. Let's just go do stuff. I mean, there was a big Cubs game today and it was just a packed stadium filled with people. Yeah, I've seen pictures of people going to going to baseball stuff again. I'm sure that's what's happening now. I don't know. But I went to uh, I went to one of the old uh, used video game stores that I haven't been to in a long time. I went to the exchange. And I realize that everything is really fucking expensive now. I mean, Jeremy's been the only one of us that's been still frequenting uh, used video game places, but I haven't been to one in a while. And I was just really surprised by like how high the prices are for a lot of stuff. Like GameCubes are selling, we're selling there for $130. I bought a GameCube there for $40, like not that long ago. You know, the one that I bought with the, actually it was probably like six years ago, but still, I mean, obviously the pandemic and has, has made a huge impact on retro gaming because everything was expensive like uh like i saw i saw ds games going for over a hundred dollars oh, yeah. like same with same with gamecube games were really high like they had metroid prime 2 for 75 dollars so it was like so i ended up not buying anything because everything was really high i <laughs> found i found fantasy star one and two online on gamecube which is a game that i want but they were selling it for 80 dollars, and i'm like i don't want to pay 80 dollars for that especially for something i can't even really play because a, there's no internet, and also you need a modem for your GameCube to to get it to work. But Which probably cost four hundred dollars. Yeah, probably at least. I mean, I don't know. It could be more than that. I've never really looked into getting one. Well, I haven't looked into getting one recently, but I have before. But it's just, uh, yeah, just being out there and looking at old it used it used game stuff. I'm like, wow, everything's expensive. And yeah. I saw the I saw the Magnumalo that I got for my birthday. They had it there. They were selling it for eighty dollars. Wow, uh, sealed. So they were selling. Uh, they were selling the original like. The original Metroid Samus Amiibo, like the first run, for fifty dollars opened, which I thought that was really high. That's wow. the the mushy, like the uh, soft one, the squishy one. No, it's the one. It's the very first one that came out. It was the very first series of Smash Brothers Amiibo, and it's just oh. Samus, just like standing there like this. That's it. It's not. It's not this. It's not the squishy Metroid one. That one came out like years later, like three or four years after. This is like first run. This is one that you saw like everywhere. Like it was pretty. I felt like that one was pretty easy to find for that very first run of Amiibo. But I just thought it was funny that it was selling for $50 because it was a really easy one to find. You know, I felt like I always thought that the Samus one was going to be gone. So I bought it first, you know. But what I didn't realize is the really the real ones that were rare were like the Wii Fit Trainer and like Marth and all these other ones that they 
don't have as many copies of. They made a bunch of Samus ones. They made a bunch of Star Fox ones, you know, stuff like that. But I just thought it was funny that those was odd that those were so high. But yeah, that was my experience walking around with used video game stuff. And it, and I couldn't really find anything that I liked that wasn't like under fifty dollars, you know. So I was just like, I was just like, oh, I'm gonna get out of here. But yeah, shit's shit's really spiked in the time, or at least here it has. I mean, the exchange has always been kind of high, it but has. but it's but it's still I've still got some really good deals there. So I mean, I mean, I think you probably remember me talking on the show about around Christmas when I went to go pick up that. Dreamcast that was forty dollars and it hit, it was eighty dollars. Oh it yeah, jumped it doubled in price in the matter of a couple of weeks. Hopefully the bubble bursts, but yeah, it's it's nuts right now. Yeah, they were selling. Uh, was As it? a result, like it would be a time to sell stuff if I was that kind of. I guess if you want to get rid of your there. stuff, get rid of it now. But I don't want to get rid of my, yeah. get rid of my stuff. Because like even a- like I saw Dragon Quest Nine, it was the complete one. But I remember I bought the complete. Dragon Quest Nine. It's probably been six or seven years now, but I couldn't have spent more than five or six dollars on it on eBay, and they were selling it for like ninety bucks. Yeah, I, I bought I bought Dragon Quest Nine from the exchange actually. Now no box, just game only, and I think I only got it for like five dollars from there. But I don't know what it is now. I didn't really I actually didn't see any Dragon Quest stuff there. I know they've always sold like I feel like the Final Fantasy stuff on Game Boy Advance has always been higher. Has been around like forty or fifty dollars, but. They could be even higher now. I didn't really see any of them there, but you know, most most RPG stuff stays fairly high for the most part, especially like Square Square Enix stuff. So it just made me think about I'm like, well, shit. When we get to when we go to MGC, is everything going to be like really high now? <laughs> it's like all the because part of the fun of MGC was how so. was how cheap the games really were because not only have no not only has the market itself changed, but the vendors need to make money. They've been out of work for so long. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they're still doing like orders and stuff, right? Sending stuff to people, or that could also have the opposite effect, I guess. Too, they might have lower prices because they need to move product. Yeah, because that that was always a big thing about MGC is that you would find a lot of stuff for fairly cheap, and that was part of the good thing about it. It's like you could find these, you know, all these games that you wanted or didn't want or whatever, and they would, and you could haggle with them and get them to go down even more. But I'm just like, oh, is everything going to be expensive? <laughs> like all the GameCube games are fifty dollars now. Expensive though. The other reason it'll be expensive there, though, is that I think that a lot of people are going to come to MGC this year. It's going to be really busy because people want to get out and do something. And the sellers aren't stupid. They know that they're going to have lots of people to sell to. So that'll drive the prices up, I believe. Sure. It's always best to go the last days on those where people are trying to get rid of stuff. You go on Sunday, see if you can get see what you can get for cheaper, because Sometimes you can get stuff for way less because because uh, they're trying to get it out, you know, before they leave. Or they don't want to pack it, so you can get them to... I remember when we bought some stuff from Chris Kohler, he was like, yeah, anything I sell to you, I, I don't have to bring with me in the plane, so you can have it for cheaper. Yeah, that's why he sold me <laughs> new Super Mario Brothers on the DS for $5, complete in box. Because yeah, he's like, I don't want to take it <laughs> home, so take <laughs> it. his save files on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, what he did was he gave me the... He gave me a deal to buy the book in the game yeah we did the same thing you you bought that and i bought was it tales of fantasia mm-hmm. the, yeah i bought the game boy advance tales game and the book also so we both got deals then we talked to him about how much he hated labo vr it's on patreon <laughs> you can listen to it but anyway let's talk about games i just wanted to mention that i went to a used video game place and then everything was like i was like whoa everything's way too expensive now so i didn't buy anything unfortunately just couldn't find anything that was cheap enough but thankfully, I have plenty of stuff to play, so it doesn't really matter whether I bought anything or not. 
But let's start the show like we normally do and talk about games that we bought and the games that we've been playing and all that stuff. As I said at the top of the show is my nickname. I'm living in a Megami world. I've been playing uh, all sorts of Megami Tensei games. I guess I'll start off at the first one. I started playing the the uh, Super Nintendo version of Megami Tensei, which is the Famicom original Famicom game, because I bought a fan-translated version of it that plays on a Super Nintendo, which I originally thought was going to be Shin, Megami, Shin Megami Tensei 1, but it ended up being Megami Tensei 1. But anyway, I've been I decided that I was going to try to stream it last week and I and I did and I played around with it for a while and uh it's pretty cool. I mean, if you understand the systems of the of Shin Megami Tensei games, like they're in there. In this one, you can't actually your demons don't actually level up in the first one, so it's like more reliant on you uh fusing them and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's it's just as difficult as all the other games and it's kind of like a it's kind of like a dungeon uh, dungeon crawler. But one thing, I, I, I found it pretty impressive, like, and this is a Super Nintendo one, but just the fact that the Famicom one was able to do, like, a 3D maze like it does is pretty impressive. I was reading, like, some stuff about it, like, for, you know, because I got stuck on some parts. But also, uh, I didn't realize that Shin Megami Tensei is just as, it's just as influential as Dragon Quest is. Like, it's been around forever. Like, you know, the Megami Tensei, going back to Famicom... Was, I mean, this was the Pokemon way before Pokemon. Like, you were catching demons and, and using them to fight other demons in that way before Pokemon even was a thought, you know? This is like the 80s, before, like over 10 years before Pokemon even happened. So they're way, way ahead of the game on that. And it's just fun to play around in that world. So I was like basically kind of grinding, you know, trying to get all my characters up. I ended up catching a Cerebrus, which is like, which has like almost 200 hit points, which that was like, whoa, because none of my demons were that powerful. So that was really cool. And I got stuck on the, uh, I got stuck on the Minotaur, which is actually a boss that I also got stuck on in Shin Megami Tensei Four before I started playing this one. But I was stuck on this boss, so I was like, so I was like, all right, I'm I'm just gonna grind for a while, and I like just would I grind, and you know, it's like it's basically like a tower. You go, you start off at the top, and then you go lower and lower and lower, and it gets harder like the lower you go in the levels. And I went all the way down to the Minotaur, and I died, and and you know, all my demons died. So I had to basically go around and grind and get all my money back to like buy all the be- all all the demons back because it costs money to like heal your demons and when you die you lose all your money. So it took me a while to get back to where I was. But once I like got the Cerberus and like made some other like cool found some other cool demons, I'm like I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go fight the Minotaur now. And I didn't realize that on this game there's a mag level and I didn't really know what it was. It says mag on the screen and it and it kind of depletes whenever you move. You, you like lose parts of it. And I completely ran out of mag. And once you run out of mag, your demons start dying. So, like, so my demons died before I got to the Minotaur. And I was like, oh, shit. So I stopped playing. (laughs) Because I need to find a way to get more mag. But I was going to make a comment about that and my nickname and say, like, my kingdom for some mag or something like that. Because I need more mag, man. (laughs) It was just, I'd never, I'd saw it up there as as a meter. And I was like, what's, I was like, what's mag? I wonder what happens when I run out of it. And then I did. And all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, one of your demons dropped dead. And I'm like, wait, what? And then my, and then I see like their HP depleting as I'm walking and I'm like, oh fuck. I'm glad they got rid of that for the later Shin Megami Tensei games because an, an RPG where it like punishes you for, it's basically kind of punishing you for grinding, I guess. It's saying that I moved around too much. You know, I went around and grinded too much and I'm like, but that's the, but that's what you're supposed to do. That's the fun part. I don't know. Seems more limiting. So hopefully that doesn't like, hopefully I didn't like completely fuck up the whole game. 
because I just don't have enough mag to make it to the boss with all my demon without my demons dying. So that kind of sucked. But aside from that, I mean, I think it's I think it's a pretty cool game. I mean, it's definitely you know it's old school RPG which I like, so doesn't really bother me. But uh, but even like the the Famicom version, I mean, when you die, you can just start over. Like you don't have to start back from wherever you saved last. So if you've been playing for like hours and haven't saved, it'll still just take you back to wherever the save area is. And you'll still have, and you'll still have all those experience points and all that stuff that you got. So, it's a little more forgiving than like Shin Megami Tensei Three is, where it's like if you die, you automatically have to start from wherever you saved. So if you forgot to save, and you've been playing for hours, then you're kind of fucked. So, but after uh, after we talked to Phil last week about Shin Megami Tensei, I told him, you know, that I was in the that I was in the prison. I forget what it's called, the the Nichiko, whatever it's called, prison. And he's like, oh, yeah, that, that level's cool. I ended up getting stuck in that level for like five hours after we recorded wow. last week. I was it's just like real prison. I was so fucking I was so fucking stuck. And I've heard uh, I've heard it on other podcasts where people talk about the worst part of the RPGs is when you get captured and when you get put into prison and you're not mm-hmm. actually in a prison in this. But this was definitely my least favorite part because I just got so lost in it. And it's one of those levels. It's one of those levels where there's like two different versions of it. There's like an there's like an ancient or whatever. There's a magical mirror that you can go in and interact with, and when you touch the magical mirror, the level flips upside down. So like you're on the ceiling instead of instead of the floor, and you kind of have to traverse the level in both of these two different ways. And I just got so completely confused, and and I've just been I was just running in circles, and I wasn't getting anywhere, and I'd like covered everything I thought. So I actually had to go to a guide and look at like an old game facts pretty much wiki. That it was like step by step how to get through it, and it was like one ladder that I had completely missed. Not to mention that I didn't really talk to any of the prisoners, and in order to get through the level, I had to talk to one of the prisoners who's going to like dig a hole for me to get me to the next thing. And I didn't talk to the prisoners because basically all they all say the same thing. They're all just like, "Hey, I'm I'm in prison. Let me out." So I figured they weren't worth talking to, and I kind of like I guess I sort of like got lost because I didn't talk to the prisoners. But I actually had to look at a guide, and I finally made it through, and I made it to the boss, and I beat the boss. Beat the boss fine because I've been practically grinding through this prison for five hours, you know, because <laughs> I've just been walking around in circles. Ugh. So that's what happened with Shin Megami Tensei three, and I haven't really haven't really played it since then. I was just kind of I got made it out of the prison, saw like the cutscene after that, like went back to one of the main areas and like saved all my guys and bought some extra shit, and then I just kind of stopped there because I didn't know exactly where to go after that. But I've I've been kind of like like I said I've been kind of bouncing from one to another. I played that one, and also, uh, also I started playing Shin Megami Tensei Four again, just because I was a. Uh, it was like Saturday, or no, maybe it was Friday. I don't know. There was a day, and I couldn't, and I couldn't sleep, and I had my 3DS next to me, and I was like, "Well, I'll just play Shin Megami Tensei for a while." So I played it for like three or four hours until I could, until I was tired enough to take a nap again. And you know, I was, I was starting to notice the parts that are similar to Shin Megami Tensei Three, and I think Four, even though you can automatically restart after you get a game over, I think Four is way harder than Three is from what I've played. I know that three is a little bit more optimized to make it like a little bit easier for today's standards and all that because it's an HD re-release. But between the two of them, I think four is way harder than three. The bosses are definitely way harder. And there was a part that reminded me a lot of Bravely Default 2 where it's like where it's kind of a boss rush where you have a really, really hard boss. And then you have another really, really hard boss like right after that. And there's no real like in between. So I kind of had that same sort of thing. I got stuck on this Minotaur forever, which I must have fought like 20 times at least. And I finally made it through the Minotaur and I was like, I'm having fun. And then all of a sudden there's like this even bigger like spider god boss. And I'm like, oh God. So I just like went back and saved and then I haven't played it ever since. But 
Those games are cool. I would totally love to see them on Switch. But I was thinking, if they ever re-release Shin Megami Tensei 4 on Switch, I don't want to go back and fight that Minotaur boss again because it was such a pain in the ass to get through the first time. So I wish my game could continue over in some way. But the main one, well, the main one, I mean, all these are the main ones, but the main one that Jeremy and I have both been playing, which you said at the beginning, which the I... The only game that exists. Right? The only game that exists, which I figured we could talk about this together, is uh, Subnautica. How's, uh, how's Subnautica going for you? Well, I made a lot of progress. I didn't really play a lot of video games this week, so uh, we actually went camping for several days, which I may have mentioned on last week's show, but... We left Friday morning and got back Monday afternoon, basically went to sleep and then slept until Tuesday. So uh, I just played real life Minecraft this week. I built a shelter. I harvested fuel. I used a shovel, a hammer, foraged. I employed stakes. I made soil in the woods, which is my name at the top of the show for the first time. Actually, like we had a rustic enough campsite that I had to I had sort of an emergency scenario and I had to go out there and I had to find a little secluded spot and dig a hole. So I really felt like I was playing a real life video game. It was great. I just was thinking about this meter, like emptying and uh, like, and then also I was thinking about like Scott Pilgrim P bar. Right. Kind of like that. Yeah. And then also about like hiding, like keeping uh, anybody from knowing about it, like hiding it with soil. (laughs) Stealth mode. You were shitting in stealth mode. (laughs) I was. And then I went like, cause this happened like right before I went, there i was like i'm gonna go walking for a while and see if i can find like an old outhouse or something because there's this huge sprawling campsite campground but all the sites were like super far from each other and we had seen a bathroom like maybe like a mile away it's like i might end up just walking i don't care at this point i got about maybe 50 to 100 feet away from where we where our tent was and i had my headlamp on and I'm looking off into the darkness, and all of a sudden, I just see these two huge eyes staring at me. I'm like, oh, that's probably like a raccoon or something. It'll probably run away. No, it started coming towards me. Oh, geez. Oh, no. <laughs> so I turned around, and I went, <sighs> and tried not to run. I uh, went back to the tent, and I was like, something's right, following me. a little while, and then I got to go to the woods. What, what was following you? you? You don't know? You just ran back and got I don't, the tent? It, 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 it may not have been following me. But that's just the impression I got as it started moving towards me rather than away. I thought that, like I said, I thought it was some animal that was going to be more afraid of me than I was of it. It may have been, who knows? It could have been just like a raccoon or something. Was it low to the ground? I don't, it was hard to tell because it was really, really, like really, really dark and it was kind of hilly. So I don't know what, like where it was at eye level wise, because it was kind of off several feet away. But anyway, that's what I did this weekend. I mean, it was great. To be honest, I make it sound shitty, but it was actually, pun intended, but it was actually a lot of fun and uh, definitely needed to disconnect from technology. And as they say, I know it's kind of a generic thing to say, but I really needed to unplug for a few days. And it's crazy how good it feels, how quickly and how great it feels to know your phone doesn't work or that you don't have it on you. And like that the freedom you start to feel like so quickly, <laughs> you know, I let people know, like you won't be able to reach me. Yeah. So and nobody's like there's, if there's an emergency, they just know they can't reach me. And then I'm just like, boom, now I'm free for a few days from yeah. everything. Yeah. I saw you, I saw you tweeting that like when I, when I thought you were camping, I was going to be like, don't use your phone, put it away. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was a joke. That was uh that was what course, we, but... I mean, the last time that we went camping, Jess and I, I mean, it was probably a long ass time ago. We went camping in Wisconsin. And that was the that was the rule that we that we established, but that we was that we wouldn't use our phones at all while we were there. 
So I actually ended up missing a job because I didn't use my phone. So that kind of sucked, but just because I didn't, because yeah. I responded to the to the job too late and somebody else already got it. But it's fine. It was just one day, but still, it was like. But it was really just nice a to not. That the world yeah. keeps going disconnected, which is fine. I mean, that's comforting in its own way because you don't have to be part of that world. It can do its own thing. You could be just pulled away from it for a little bit. So it was great. We get, we camped and we saw like a lot of really cool stuff and even got to see a little bit of live music outside and it was incredible. And yeah, my batteries are charged. I'm ready to face the world again. As the world is reopening, I'm ready for it. Yeah. And you, well, speaking of like everything getting reopened, uh, you know, Chicago, their bars are like in full swing now too. Like they 4am bars are open again, which I couldn't believe. Like they're just, they're just reopening everything full capacity. And uh, I figured that would trickle down to like Black Dog as well. So eventually you'll be doing, you'd be working full shifts till like 10 or 11 or however late you guys were open normally. Yep, it's going to happen. And um, we've already talked about it a little bit. It's still, you know, often changes from day to day. But uh, I really think, yeah, I'd say within the next month, I'll probably be just about back to normal with the exception of I don't know if my original job will be open because I don't know if the listeners know there's two different locations and I'm working at one of the two because the, the smaller location has been closed the whole time. So if they reopen that location, hopefully I'll go back to it. But I don't know when that'll happen. So are, are you at the one that's closer to where you guys are moving to? Or currently, not? I'm at the one that's closer to where I currently live. Yeah. But, but yeah, when, when I move, I'll be closer to the other location, which is. The and you think one. and you expect that you're going to go to the other one, right? I would imagine so. I mean, it would have to. Yeah. Unless he just like completely restarts the entire concept at that place. I already know how to do everything. So it would be kind of silly to, to train someone from the beginning if you already had someone that knew how to do stuff. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? Who knows what his ideas are? But I would be happy to live within walking distance of my job. It's been a long time since I've lived that close to a job. For sure. So anyway, I did get a chance to play some video games, though, and that's coming back to Subnautica, which, oddly enough, it's kind of like, you know, it's definitely a survival simulator. It is like Minecraft, but it's, what if Minecraft was underwater? Yeah, what if it's it was basically, if it, yeah. I mean, it's so much like, because I've been, you know, I, I played it for like four hours last night on stream. And it was one of those things where I thought I was like, I thought I was stuck. You know, I was like, I don't really know what to do. But then I found, but then you find like one thing and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have a shit ton of stuff to do now. Like it just, everything just like opened up like a bunch. That's what, is what I felt like. But I also real, but I also was realizing like, no, this game is exactly the same as Dragon Quest Builders. Like it still works the same thing, you know, where you have to find like, you have to find one piece. If you're trying to like develop something that you don't know how to make, you just need to find one piece of it, and then it'll tell you how to make the rest of it. That's like the same way that Dragon Quest Builders work, and I'm sure that Minecraft does. Minecraft do that too, where like, like if you find a if you find a piece of something that you haven't seen before, like you'll know it'll tell you like how to make stuff out of it. No. Oh well, well, Subnautica does that, and Dragon Quest Builders too does that. So I mean, Minecraft used to not tell you anything. Like you had to get online to figure out how to make anything, and then eventually they added a. They added it where it would tell you what the recipes were. So I guess it might like, so if you were able to like figure out how to make a, you know, once you figure out how to make a treasure box, for instance, that's when you can make different like variations of a treasure box. Like the one that you put on wheels that you could roll along tracks and stuff. So I guess that's kind of similar. You'll, you know, you'll get the recipe for that once you build the treasure box itself. So 
but that was added later, like much later. Originally, Minecraft had absolutely no direction. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Minecraft was the one, I mean, was like the beginner of all these survival type crafting games, or at least like the most popular earlier one. And it was, mm-hmm. and so it was like starting all of it. And I'm sure like stuff that came to Minecraft later is now what you see in Subnautica. But regardless, but I, it's, found, uh, it, it's I found a huge uh, sunken bit of ship and I actually started a new habitat by it because it's just, there's just resources everywhere. It's great. So that's actually been my main habitat. I just built it earlier today. And uh, I went to this ship and found all these blueprints for like, there's like a chair, a desk, and I got a, a battery charger. That, that might have been the one that I found too. Because yeah, I have all those things too. I, I ju- got a poster, oh, yeah, I, picture I, frames. Oh, I never found any posters. I found a bed finally, which I thought that was cool. Yeah. But that part the sucks. Pic- the picture frame's yeah. really cool. Because you just put it up and then you can put any picture you've taken within the game. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You, you can do that in Monster Hunter also. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got there where you can... Uh, if you take mm-hmm. any pictures of any of the monsters, you can actually hang them in your in your house that you have there on, in the town. I forgot I have a house in that game. Yeah, I never go there, but you, you can hang up stuff that you take there. I don't think I'm too far behind you. I mean, I watch. I was watching you stream most of last night. To, it was kind of funny. So I get creeped out playing this game, just like it's scary. Like it's a, it's a scary game. Earth, not yeah. with like a Resident Evil and stuff back in the day, but like having you playing in the background while I was playing gave me more courage like i felt like i wasn't alone when i was like scared of like getting surprised by giant fish and stuff so i actually like made some pretty good progress last night and i think i don't think i'm too far behind you i think you're i think one thing that's holding me back right now is i need to find diamonds so it feels like minecraft all over again oh i found a bunch i found a bunch of those but i found a bunch of those early and i didn't know what to do with them but i don't remember where i found them but i found one diamond uh and then i forgot to go up for air it was so stupid i've so i've the one diamond i found i lost immediately because i was like i was like oh i have a diamond and i open up my menu and start looking at some stuff and doing all this stuff and then all of a sudden i realized oh wait i, I can't make it to the surface I'm oh bad. i was gonna and say I lost your, diamond. your your uh, air shouldn't deplete while you're in the menu well but i got distracted by being in the menu and then forgot that i was low on it you know oh I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like pulled away from it sure so the, once I get diamonds, I can do the laser cutter, and then I've got several different places I have marked where I can cut the door with lasers. And mm. I have a feeling I kind of saw it looks like you sort of get some more coordinates out of that, don't you? Uh, I mean, so you, so you haven't gotten the coordinates for the habitat that's on the floor yet, the, the one, the abandoned habitat that's on the ocean floor? No. Okay. Because no. that part sucks. Like, that was the part that I died like 10 times in there. Not exaggerating. Because the thing is filled with those fucking jellyfishes, like the really long ones that like mm. poison you. And if you get too close to them, your life can drop from like 100% to like nothing in like a couple seconds. So you got to be really, have you run into really, really hard about it. That talks or, to you? That talks? I was going into a cave like, the other like day. In what it's way? only happened to me once, but I was going into a cave and I just hear this talk. It sounds like it's my computer talking to me like normal except it's it just says your prime directive is to come in this direction oh weird and no i, I started getting like pulled i started getting pulled towards this weird jellyfish creature i started like draining my energy and i i, I swam away from it but i was just like what the fuck oh that? weird like that scared the shit out of me and and like i never had that happen again but it was so weird it was like a, it was like being telepathic with me and it was using like telekinesis i guess to pull me towards it 
Yeah, there was some sort of like squid looking uh, creature that I ran into that like did something like I was in the I was in the sea moth and it like mm-hmm. it like warped me to another place. It did some weird shit that that, that freaked me out that I was like, what the fuck? It and might have uh, been the same sort of thing. It was on the it was on the stream, but I, I haven't heard anybody talk to me. I've had the I don't know whatever AI is in your menu thing like just randomly say stuff to you that doesn't make any sense. Where it's like you can do this. This one person like did did this in this amount of time, or you know, just like some really weird like encouraging stuff that's just kind of like okay, did why you, did you say that? Did you ha- did it talk to you when you got your first diamond? Do you remember that? I don't actually because I got a diamond and it said as soon as I got the diamond before I lost it. It said, reminder, any resources you collect are the property of Altera Corporation. Actually, you know currently, what? I do remember hearing that. Currently, yeah. you owe $3 million or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I do remember that. Yeah. Because I remember when I, when I made the Seamoth, they kind of do that too, where they're like, you know, even though now you have a Seamoth where, where you can basically go anywhere, don't forget that it's still fun to swim or it's good for your, good for your health or whatever. Uh-huh. Like they do uh-huh. something about that because, you know, when you get a Seamoth, you can pretty much just... It's it's a it's a vehicle, so you can just drive it around everywhere in the water. So you don't necessarily need to swim as much. So it it kind of just does a little thing where like where it's like don't forget to swim. Swimming is still fun, and you like swimming or whatever. And I think the robot did this does the same thing when you crash. When you, when you crash in the life pod, it says that mm-hmm. you enjoy swimming, or you did before you got stranded on this alien planet. So there is kind of like a like a Glados sort sort of uh, comedy in there occasionally. But the game, the game is great. Uh, I I did actually kind of run. I I was running into some stuff, and I know they patch it all the time. Like I, there's there seems to be always an update every time I play it. But I was running in some parts where it was really chugging, where I was having some hard time with the mm-hmm. with the frame rate, and that's why I hope that you know I hope that if they do make a new Switch Pro, I would love for it to just be able to run the games that are already on there better. That would be great. <laughs> That'd be something that I'd be into. Yeah, there, it has more RAM yeah. or something along those lines. Because I like sure. this game a lot, but sometimes I sometimes I have a I get end up getting fucked up because the game kind of like doesn't run smoothly enough smoothly enough when I'm trying to get out of a place and get you know get mm-hmm. to wherever there's oxygen and stuff like that, and that sucks, you know, because I really enjoy the game. I think the game looks great, but sometimes it stutters to the point where it does hinder your 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 gameplay, and that's awful. You know, that's definitely not what you want. I'm pretty much caught up to you. I have the Seamoth that I have, uh, and I just, I think the laser cutter is what I need. Once I get the laser cutter, I can pretty much, I think, catch up. So you said you didn't go to the ship. You went to an island? Yeah. Have you gotten the coordinates for Aurora yet is what it's called? It's like oh. an Aurora meetup, and you, uh, and it's like, it's above ground. And and it's not it's not the island where you where the people come and they get shot out of the out of the sky. Okay. Because I can't find that island. I could not find my way back there, because for some reason, it doesn't have the coordinates on my computer anymore. It saves most of the coordinates, and you can put them up whenever you want. You know, if you want to go back and find stuff. But that one I couldn't find. But but this one was called the Aurora, and I remember going there and not really finding anything. But I went back there just because, and I realized that there's a giant fucking habitat on top of the island like there's like a mountain that you kind of climb up and there's a big giant fucking habitat up there with a bunch of shit in it and there's also another one like in the middle of the island that i didn't see until after i climbed up there and then i looked down i was like oh well fuck there's another one down there and they all have like plants and like gardens and stuff that you can scan and build in your habitats now i I, now i don't know how to i don't know how to grow food but I guess maybe you have to take the fruit there and maybe plant it in the... I don't know. I, I built these gardens, but I'm not sure what to do with them yet. But there are, like, actual stuff that's glo- that's growing on this Aurora area. 
And I found a whole bunch of PDAs and I found a whole bunch. And that's where I found the coordinates for the habitat and all that stuff. So I felt like that island had a bunch of shit that just kept, that made my game go further. Because I found a bunch of stuff there and then I found a bunch of stuff in another thing. And then all of a sudden I could build a bunch of shit. Like I have, I finally have a blueprint for a water, for like a water fountain, which is awesome. It's basically a thing that takes, that takes the water from the ocean and it will make salt and pure water for you. So you don't actually have to go get it. I also built an aquarium. I haven't put any fish in there yet, but I guess you can put fish in there and you can put eggs in there and they will hatch. So you can't have pets, sort of, or you can keep fish around that you want to eat, whatever. I have like, I have like a gravity bomb. Do you have you made one of those yet? Yeah, I learned how to do. I learned about that from you too. The gravity trap. Yeah, those those are awesome because you can just it's just a ball that you can stick wherever, and it'll just kind of grab the fish that are around it. So I just put it in an area where those purple fish are, that you have to the purple fish that you have to catch to get water from, because you need you need them. You need the purple fish. So I, and and it'll and it'll catch every time I go there. It has like four purple fish, so I don't have to mm-hmm. go looking for them. They're already caught by the gravity bomb. So. Or whatever gravity trap, so I can just go get them there, and then I can get a bunch of water whenever I need water. So yeah, the spot where I'm at has a bunch of salt deposits all over the place, so I just keep catching fish and curing them. And yeah, I keep catching the what are they called? I might not remember what they're called. Bladder fish. That's what they're called. The Is bladder it, fish are the ones that give you water. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I just uh, I just call them the purple. I think it's really funny that I just the call water, them the purple like ones in the recipe. They're purple. Yeah, yeah, in the recipe it says. Uh, ingredients to make this water is bladder fish and said water non-vegetarian <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so it, i didn't mention in the show last week but it does make a point of like when you're cooking the cooking food early on it says like you may be disgusted from eating actual biological material but this is what humans had to do for many many centuries before synthetic food was invented oh yeah yeah they'll tell you stuff like that like random random facts or whatever uh, while while you're doing things, so yeah, that was something they were, where where the computer just out of nowhere was like, well, you may feel like overwhelmed by all this stuff, but remember that this character did this thing in this amount of time, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, why'd you say that? But whatever, because I wasn't really doing anything. Like I was just walking around my habitat. I don't know why it told me that, but so, but but I've gotten to the point where I can do more stuff. It was really nice to have a bed finally, and I said it mm-hmm. on the stream. I like laid down. I like finally went to sleep in the game, and I was like, ah finally get to rest after a hundred days of swimming or however many days it's been. I I really want, I don't know if you can get one, but I want a clock. I want a clock so it can tell you like what time it is or like when that's mm-hmm. the sun is going to rise and set and all that. I would just like to know like whether, I mean, once you get a sea moth, it doesn't matter as much, but when you're swimming around without it, you know, the, the ocean gets, or the water gets incredibly dark when the sun goes mm-hmm. down. So it's like, so you want to know when the sun's going to come up and all that stuff. And, and it's great. I have. I still. I still like the game. I mean, I hadn't played it in a while, and I played it last night, and I didn't hadn't played it because I was kind of stuck. And then I found all the shit, and I was like, "Oh, okay, now I got all this stuff to do." So I don't know how to find aerogel. Is the thing I need. I need to learn how to make aerogel, which I guess you get. You need to get this specific gel from these guys that crawl walls that I just haven't seen yet. But I. But I got this. I got this a uh, modification thing. It's like a modification machine. And that thing, station. and that thing, yeah. And w- once you get it, you can basically make everything better. Like I got better fins. I have like a my knife looks like a lightsaber now. It has like this like glowing red thing around it, and like I, and I got a better CO two tank. So now it holds like two hundred and thirty instead of like one fifty or whatever it was. So I can stay underwater for a lot longer, and you can make you can make a bunch of stuff like that. There's also like a repulsion cannon that I 
don't know how to make yet, but I got the I have that, for but it. I don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, like I built it, but I went around and it does exactly what it says it does, but I don't know what the use of it is. Do you, Do you know how to get the tooth from the fish from like one of the big? It's like I forget what it's called. It's like something tooth. It's that big fish that'll take your cameras whenever you make the. If you oh, ma- the stalker. Yeah, it's the stalker tooth. Yeah, when whenever whenever I you- scanned one, but I I scanned one once, but I never. I don't know if I got to keep it. I think I just scanned it. Well, because I've because I killed one. I completely killed one, and I couldn't figure out how to get it. I figured if I killed it, I could get the tooth from it. But it's just lay. It was just laying dead on the ocean floor, and I didn't know what to do with it. How'd you kill it? I used the rifle. Do you have the rifle yet? I used the freeze no. rifle, and I froze it and knifed it to death. That's how I killed oh, it. Wow. <laughs> I have a rifle now too. I have a free. I have a freeze rifle, which is fucking awesome. Even though it still won't kill those jellyfish, I tried to. And I, and I looked online and kind of cheated. I guess you need like. Maybe it's the repulsion cannon. You need like a cannon that can move stuff and you can move the jellyfish out of that area. And that's how you oh. make it easier to go through. So I do want to bring it. Okay. So there's I like 20. I even, I'm keeping it in my inventory. Because there's like 20 jellyfish in this area and they're incredibly toxic. But this is, but this like underground habitat, it's like where you find like the bed and like, and all this other stuff. That, that's where I found a bunch of shit there. So I think that's where I found the, the water, the water fountain also. But yeah, it's really cool. You, you you know you find stuff that's been sunk and you scan it, and then you learn how to make it, and then you make it on your own. And and I have like I think I have five habitats now, so wow. I've made I made just made a bunch. I have this one. I mean, I, they're all named kind of weird stuff. I have one that's called the Far Out Place, just because I thought it was kind of far out. And I've actually made that. That's where I put the bed and like the and the the modification thing and all that. And I also I made this one. I, I forget what I, I was looking. I was looking for something, and I found these big, like glowing balls, like a whole bunch of them. And I thought it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of resources around there, so I built a habitat there. And then I forgot that I didn't have a beacon, so I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh fuck! I'm never gonna find this. So I basically I turned around and I went to I went straight to the far out place, and then I looked at because I have a compass, and I looked at the compass, and I'm like, all right, so I'm going in between northwest and north right now. So I go all the way to the I go all the, all the way to the far out place, and I make a beacon there, and then I turn around and go back south and southeast, and I actually found it. I found it. Wow. Like I went back and, and found the glowing balls, and it was by the glowing balls, and now it's called the ball place, or it's called the balls <laughs> habitat. I think is what I called it. But uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I found it, and I went back and it was there, and I was like, oh shit! And then I put the beacon there, and. I was proud of myself that I was actually able to find it with the compass because I have some other habitat that I built that I have no fucking idea where it is and I'll probably never find it ever. But, uh, mm-hmm. cause I think I have six total. Cause another one I just was, cause after I heard you talking about making habitats last week, I just kind of went all willy nilly with it and was just kind of making them all over the place. And yeah. And I, and I realized that I didn't have a peak in, I didn't have beacons. So I, there's one of them I just could never find the other, the power out place is actually at the top of like this underwater mountain so it's kind of easy to find i guess and i did find that one but the other one i have no idea where it is i don't even remember where i put it maybe someday i'll find it but <laughs> you know but it's cool oh yeah I, and um, I, I figured out how to make the multi-purpose room also that's why i was able to put like the aquarium and the bed and the garden, I don't know garden how and all to that build shit in there. out at all i can't figure it out i can just do the tubular compartments and then i can do the thing where they like connect to each other but I've never been able to, I haven't figured out how to build up. I cannot figure out how to attach my scanner room to the rest of the compound. Oh, you just, you just attack it to attach it to the tube. That's all you do. 
That's all yeah, it is. Never worked for me. That's the same thing never I did for the. That. That's what I did for the multi-purpose room, because on the far it's out, it's never connected. Yeah. It always it's always red, even if I rotate it, it won't connect, and then it'll turn green finally, and I click in it, and I and I uh, place it, and then it's not connected to anything. It's just like free standing. Oh, maybe you should try. I mean, you can always try like building it and then building tunnels connecting to it. Like building backwards from it. Yeah. But I mean, when I made my multi-purpose room and connected it to the far out place, I, I just connected it to the tunnel that I had there and it was pretty easy. I just, I didn't, I didn't even rotate it. I just, you know, just brought it up and just, and then it just, it just stuck to the end of the tunnel and then there it was there. It's a, my far out place is only like a multi-purpose room in a tunnel. That's all it is. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but you know, you can put the tunnel is pretty, you can put like multiple lockers in the tunnel and there's. There's all, I also have a battery charger there, and the multi-purpose room is pretty big. I noticed when you were building big, your lockers, so. you were building the small ones. Do you have the large locker recipe? I do, actually. The first lockers I built are the huge ones, or the big glass ones. Is that what you're talking about? They're the ones that you use the, you have to use quartz yeah. when you build them? Yeah, those are the first ones that I made in the very first habitat that I did by the creep vine. So I do oh, actually yeah. have those, but I was just making the smaller ones because they had less stuff and I had the titanium that I needed to make them at that Mm. time. So I didn't have to go looking for quartz. That's why I didn't make the other ones. And there's, I don't know. They They store like a lot or. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, well, I guess I didn't think, I didn't think it was that much different between the two of them, but regardless, I mean, those little ones, you can just line the wall with them. Did you, but I really like the battery charger. I thought I would have had the battery charger way sooner. I thought that was something you were going to learn early on. And I just got it. I'm about, I think I'm about like 12 hours now. Of gameplay 12 to 14 hours and just finally could recharge those batteries but one thing i thought was really cool is that when you use the batteries to build the power cells the power cells still like fully charged after you build it oh yeah you can use depleted batteries to make power cells which which is what i was doing which which is great you can you can use batteries with no power and still make power so you cells can do that them. that's cool but i actually like the fact that i can have four batteries on the charger at a time and I can always carry one or two extras with me. And then if I lose them, that sucks. But I have more on the charger already. Yeah, but by the time I... I realized that by the time I built a battery charger, that I didn't really have any batteries left. <laughs> I only had like one. I mean, I guess I have all the ones that are in in stuff, but most of them I had made into like the bigger batteries for the Seamoth. Because I was carrying two of those with me at all the times. Power the power cells, yeah. And I need a charger for that, which I guess... I do. I did find the blueprint for the for the like water garage thing that you can charge the sea moth in. The so, moon pool. Yeah, I know how to make a moon pool now too. So I need to. F- I, I think I just need to watch a tutorial on YouTube on how to build habitats because I'm I've just gotten frustrated with it. I'll build like I'll build the vertical ones and I'll attach them all over the top, different spots, and it never shows them connecting. You know, there's not a c- connection inside. I thought maybe I needed to build the ladder up them for the for the port to appear. There's no port between that tube and, and the tube I attached to it, and I, it's just gotten really annoying because I even like started building um, foundations, thinking maybe that would help. That doesn't change anything. Yeah, that's supposed to just make it like better. I don't know, whatever, whatever you call it, like like when you build the sides, the it whole, just it just makes it like stronger. Yeah, but yeah, I, I've been I, reinforcing all my holes. I've been yeah. doing that. For sure, but yeah, I just want to actually build up, and I want to build like I've ne- I haven't more been, I, three-dimensional I, yeah. sub than just like this flat stuff that I've been doing. I never built up. I, I need to figure. I haven't tried it yet, 
But um, I, I have an observatory. Like, I figured out how to make an observatory, and I think you need to build that up where it's like all the you can you know you can put like other gardens and stuff in there. Hmm. So I I need to learn how to make that, but I just haven't I just haven't tried to build anything up. I've just been doing just tubes and a whole room. And the area that I have my sensor room in is kind of stupid. It's just like a U and then the sensors on the hmm. other side cuz I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't have to build anything yet. So I just kind of made it like and I wanted to make one of those side ones with the with the glass in it so you could look out. And, you know, I've only so. f- successfully found one sulfur dust, and oh. so I use that for to build my uh, repair machine. But oh, I haven't find- found any more sulfur since then. You finally got the repair machine, thankfully. Yeah, but I still haven't found like I've only found the one thing of sulfur, and I've gone through a bunch of caves and just like cased them out. And you always check those places where the screaming fish come out of. I mean, I've gone back to them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've only found one. No oh, weird. This whole week that I played. Because yeah. I have a bunch. Oh, it's too bad I can't send them to you. I have a, I have a whole lot of sulfur in in one of in one of my lockers and one of the glass lockers. I have a ton of sulfur. I figured. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling this game will pay. For, you know, will meet the requirements to to pay for itself. And then I've decided. I think if I do play the next one, I might play it on PC. If I end up getting Sub Zero <laughs> to see if it to see if it runs better. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's a really pretty game. It's one of those things that I guess would benefit from having a from having a better. Especially with the Seamoth, like, so you, you park to, the Seamoth, yeah. and it's flashing its, like, light on your habitat, on, it's on the seafloor, and you, like, I don't know, it just looks so cool swimming. It's really, it's really cool, yeah. shadow being cast across it. There's a part in, uh, what was it, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, where, uh, where, like, Star-Lord gets, like, thrown out into space, and, and he gets rescued by, uh, by, like, whatever, that one guy, the blue guy, and, uh, it, it reminds me of that part of that movie. With just where like the it's because it looks like because because there's like nothing there and everything's dark and the only thing that's illuminating is just like the 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 light from the ship. It reminds me of that part of the movie for some reason, but I think it looks really cool. Like I like it because I'll always like park my sea moth like pointing down at wherever mm-hmm. I'm going, and then it's just kind of suspended there, so it almost looks like it's a space like it's a spaceship or whatever. I I really like it. And then you use it as your lighting too, like yeah, you use it to light up whatever whatever you're doing and it's and yeah I, I always use it for that and whenever i because sometimes i turn the lights off like because i'm like oh i should save the battery power on it you know and and i always get mad at myself when i do that because then it's not illuminating the area and sometimes it's hard for me to find it even though it shows you where it is but uh didn't didn't you like completely lose a seamoth you, you were saying i did the- yeah i wanted to mention that uh so i parked a seamoth at about because you can't go below 200 meters with a seamoth or it'll start to break and so I uh, parked a Seamoth at like 198. I mean, it was like almost 200, but I parked it what I thought was a safe spot and then swim the rest of the way to get to this. There is a escape pod at 300 meters below sea level that I had to swim down to. So I swam down to that, did what I needed to do, started to run out of oxygen and turned back around to go back to my Seamoth. And it, it just didn't, I couldn't find the beacon for it. And I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. So I used my uh, Sea Glide to get up to the surface luckily i was able to get to the surface as soon as i topped off my oxygen level i'm like okay let's go back down like we got to find the seamoth and i couldn't find it for shit so i'm like i'm like oh well whatever you know i already know where this beacon is i can re i can re turn the beacon back on and i know that the seamoth is near you know near where this uh life pod was so i went back to what i call uh deep sea house spelled h-a-w-s-e that's my that's one of my places and it's at like 200 meters it's almost 200 meters below sea level so it's it's 
pretty far down. And uh, I went back there and, you know, deposited all my stuff I found. And I think there, I got like a radio, another radio signal while I was there. I was like, well, I need to go back and get that damn Seamoth, which sucked because it was pretty far away. It was like one and a half kilometers away that I had to take my Sea Glide. So I made another battery, threw that in my inventory and went back and I, I searched around for 15, 20 minutes and just could not find it. And I'm just like, what the hell? Went into my beacons on the menu and it wasn't even showing up on there. There wasn't even an option to like turn on or off the Seamoth beacon. So I'm pretty sure it just disappeared. My theory, and like I think you mentioned this last night when I was talking to you, Trey, is that I parked it too close to 200 meters and that yeah. maybe it descended further. That, that's and the only thing yeah. I was thinking is that maybe it fell, maybe somehow it fell, fell behind the, because if you go below 200 meters below, a, you know, whatever, below the surface, your Seamoth will start falling apart. So if you go, you know, if you go too deep, it'll start breaking. And I would figure if you left it too deep, it would just like completely disintegrate or something. I don't know. I've never lost, I haven't lost one yet, so I don't know. It was really sad because I had just gotten it. Like I just got it yesterday, and uh, that was the first thing I did with it was go to do that. So I was just like, "Shit, I've never like." I was mad, but I realized like it's not that expensive of a thing to make resource wise. So I was able to make another one right away. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but at least you. Get, I was gonna say how how hard is it was it to make another one? I don't even remember what actually have to. There's probably like some of that. It's like some of that, that like, lube or whatever that you have to make for right, the, the power from the cell, creep pine. Lube, yeah. <laughs> and some other stuff. Gotta use like the creep pine. Of course. And yeah. Oh yeah, I, I also you have to have like a wiring kit or copper wire or something like that. Yeah. I also found the blood vine. There's another vine that's called the blood vine. And I built a habitat over there called the blood vine habitat. So hmm. I got a lot of habitats. I don't know. It it doesn't it doesn't take that much to build one of those little tunnels. So I just build a little tunnel and I'll be like, all right. Here's a place for me to just go in and get air. I could put some lockers mm-hmm. in there or whatever. You know, that's kind of how we've been, the way I've been going with it. Yeah, you could just farm all the resources in the area, like stock it up and then take it back wherever you want to go or whatever. Like I'll frequently, that's the the two that I have now are just like, I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to live here. And so like I would go back and just and do that. And so, yeah, one thing is always to like, the first thing I do is build a fabricator in a new habitat so that I can just build a beacon, build everything else I need and uh, make sure that I can find my way back to that spot because otherwise it's a total waste. But I've been trying to make habitats near big pieces of wreckage because I need to go back to them with the laser cutter. So that's sort of my reasoning, but it's also kind of cool. Like it's a nice little vista to look out because I'll make one of those glass tunnels so I can look around and just see like the giant piece of shipwreckage. It looks cool. I think the, there was one place that I knew I needed a laser for, and I didn't have the laser. So I just put a peak, a beacon there and put laser place. I wrote laser mm-hmm. place on there just so I knew that was where I had to go with the laser, just so I could automatically find it. And I went and I'd probably swam past it like a million times, but I just put a beacon there just so I knew, you know. So that's kind of been what I've been trying to do. If I have the beacon to do it, I'll be like, well, here's something I want to look at later, but I can't do it right now because maybe I'm too full of stuff. I'll just throw a thing there and then just come back later, especially for stuff like, you know, Metroidvania type things where it's like, I can't get in here yet. Cause I don't have this thing. I was like, well, I should mark where it is. So I know to go there mm-hmm. whenever I get whatever the thing is. I also started listening to all the PDAs and stuff that you get. Cause you can listen to people's like uh whatever their journal entries that they make, you know, where they talk and you can do it while you're swimming. And there's some really interesting, there's some really helpful stuff in there. If you listen to like what they have to say, 
about mm-hmm. about the area, you know, because they were stuck there as well, and they'll tell you they'll tell you some tips and stuff. So I found that interesting. But yeah, no, it, it's it's cool. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I think I'm around 15 hours too on it. So we'll see. I fully expect to get to at least 30 hours, which is what I paid for the game. Yeah, I mean that's hours or thirty dollars. That's what the uh, how long to beat said that it was around thirty hours for the regular game. Plus, you can always you can go back and you know you can make it with no meters and you know you can do it where you just build habitats. It's it's kind of like Minecraft where you can do it where you just explore and you don't have to worry about getting killed or whatever. It's definitely a game that was made for speedrunning because once you know what you're looking for, what ingredients you need, and your eyes are tuned to that, you could just get through that those first several hours of the game like. Super quick, probably. I was I was watching somebody stream uh, Below Zero, and uh, you get like a big like robot thing that you get to walk around in, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> like a mech suit. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Because I guess, well, I mean, in the I'm sure in the Below Zero one, you have to worry about freezing to death. Also, mm-hmm. that's probably another meter that's in there. So maybe when you get the robot, you can actually go places longer without freezing. That's what I thought. I mean, I kind of just had it on the background while I was editing, but I was just like, oh, well, that's a cool thing. I was like, I wonder if you can get that. And I'm like, oh, no, this is Below Zero. I didn't realize it was a sequel because the person I was following was playing the regular Subnautica before. But no, it's cool. I mean, you know, for somebody, I never really got into Minecraft, but this game is fun. I'm having fun with it. It's more, like I said, it's more it's more directed. So I, there, I know there's an end and I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And there's somewhat of a story to it. It's not just like, here you are, just build or whatever you know there's something i have a, I have a direction that i'm heading towards so but i'm glad you're enjoying it you know i'm i'm planning on trying to do just like for my streaming i'm like well why don't i just do let's say i'll do that's so i'm like i'm gonna do like subnautica on tuesdays i'll do shin megami tensei 3 on thursdays and i'll do megami tensei on saturday and i'm just gonna try to do that for a while until something else comes out that i would rather stream so that's my plan i'll just try to stream the same thing every day and see if that changes at all for watchers and all that stuff well speaking of the ocean i got the dolphin emulator <laughs> i just decided since i got my my 8-bit dope pro and it works with the computer i thought maybe i'll mess around with some emulators so is that, got the, that and, is that the gamecube emulator yeah gamecube and Wii. Oh, okay i i don't know if i ever had it i i got i got a gamecube emulator but it didn't i it didn't work very well the one that i had i, I tried to play mario golf on it and it just it would have, you know, Mario would like fall through the ground and it just, everything was like really glitchy on it. So mm. I don't know which, I don't, remember actually, which, I don't remember which emulator it was. So uh, Dolphin is, is my understanding, the, the preeminent one. And so far I haven't gotten any, any games to work. I haven't, I haven't really, they take, they could, they take a long time to download. Mm-hmm. So like I tried to download a couple and it ended up being like about two hours or three hours per game. Jeez. Yeah, so I have is your internet, on my, yeah, is your internet bad there too? Like LA? No, it's not bad, but it, it just for whatever reason it, those games take a lot longer than say a regular ROM. They're they're generally pretty big. Yeah, so I downloaded a couple, and I, I decided to try and go for. Of course, with with emulation, I'm trying to go for games that are not readily readily available. I'm trying to be a little bit more you know moral about it. Like if it's available on the NSO or if they've made it available for purchase, I'm gonna stay away from it. But I'm wanting to play more than anything. Captain Rainbow. I really want to try that game. Oh yeah, that would be yeah, and you could get well I guess if through emulation you could probably play you know, the other like Holy Grail is uh for me, uh Doshin the Giant, which was actually yep, released that's the other one. Which was released on GameCube in Europe, which I was so pissed about that too. Cause it's in English. 
you could have released it here. It's like, come on. That was like, I don't know. That that was the fucking white whale of the 64 DD, I felt like, was fucking Doshin the Giant. And they even had Quite it. the in, Yellow Giant. Yeah, they even had it in Smash Brothers as a trophy. And I was like, when I found out that it came out, like in other, in Europe and not here, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm so mad. Like, why not? I really want to play. A, yeah. I mean, speaking of white whale games, and I just realized this the other day. You remember Disaster Day of Crisis? Do you remember that game? It was an early Wii game. Yes. What, wasn't it a PlayStation game? No, it, it was. It was an. It was a monolith game. Actually, is what I just realized because I was looking at Monolith Soft's, like uh, just looking at their company stuff they had done, and they actually made that game. They made Disaster Disaster Day of Crisis, the one that that didn't come out here. That was supposed to be really good, but it only released in Europe. But it was a Nintendo exclusive. From, from, uh, okay. what, from what I understand. I'm thinking of a different game. Yeah. There's some some PlayStation game where you're like you're playing it as a family and, and all kinds of crazy things happen as Katamari Damacy sense of humor. Mm. But what what is Disaster Day of Crisis? Remind me on that one. Oh, it was just a game it was just an early Wii game that I heard about that looked they looked really cool and it just didn't come out in America. I guess it was it's kind of along it's kind of in the same world as Project Hammer but Project Hammer never even became a game like that game just didn't come out. But Disaster right. Day of Crisis didn't come out here. And it was just like I don't know you're a guy in a disaster and you go and you help people and it looks kind of an action thing. Looks like kind of an action game, but uh Oh, I remember this one. Yep, I see it here. But it was made it was made by Monolith Soft, the guys who made Animal Crossing and Breath of the Wild and Xenoblade Chronicles and you know <laughs> and and uh and Botan Kaidos and like all these games. Like Monolith Soft is awesome. Like they're one of my favorite developers right now. But and they actually they even announced they sort of like uh they sort of like teased, they showed an image. They like showed a new image that basically showed like all of the main characters from the Xenoblade games and uh Cosmos from Xenosaga. So I don't know if that has anything to do with whatever they're doing at E three, but makes me want to believe that they it even had a character from Xenoblade Chronicles X on it, so I was like, uh I don't know. It's, yes. I got, got the emulator. I haven't gotten any games to work. I'm probably going to try and go at it after we, after we do the show for a bit. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, old gems and games that weren't released here that I can give a, give a try to. So especially that Captain Rainbow, that's, that's my number one. And actually I, f- I found there was one that had an English uh, language track to it or an English translation to it. So we'll see how that works. Now, the other thing that I did was I got Mischief Makers for my other emulator. The 64 I've been wanting game? to try that game for a long time, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those games that maybe I just, maybe I just mm-hmm. didn't understand it at the time. Yeah, it's a treasure game. And I rented it, and I was like, I don't know. I thought it sucked. <laughs> I thought it was really bad. It's one of those games yeah, that kinda- I... Yeah. I, I was expecting a run and gun, you know, what's like the what's the Genesis game that they that Gunstar they made. Heroes. Gunstar, Gunstar Heroes. Heroes. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was expecting like that. It's more like a puzzle platformer mm-hmm. where you have to like, so Shake far things. I've only made it through about three or four levels. So sh- far you're just like jumping onto these like hooks or whatever they are midair and you have to like jump from hook to hook and collect diamonds and it's not what I was expecting. It's a weird game. You got to shake it's stuff. It's 2.5D, right? Oh, yeah. It's 2.5D. I, w- I wouldn't say. It. It's like, I, I don't know. What's 2.5D? To me, it's like like the so like it's side isometric angle. It's, side it's like, I thought it was like side-scrolling, but it's still like in a 3D world. Like you're just on yeah. kind of a, a rail within it. No, it, it is yeah, because it, the, ba- it, the backgrounds like, are like Donkey Kong Country. Like how, you know, the 3D sprites you know, on a 2D world. I'm thinking of like Kirby... 
the the crystal shards one on yeah. sixty four. From from what I yeah. from what I remember of Mischief Makers, the main character is a sprite, but the backgrounds are polygons. So yeah, I would I would say yes that it is a two and a half D game. Is, is, is what I would say of it. But it, it's weird. Like, I remember there's a boss that throws words at you that are, like, hurtful, and you have to shake them and make them good and throw them back at them, which is, like, and it, it, has a lot, it has a lot of shaking in it. Like, that's your main thing is you grab something, and the character's like, shake, shake, and then you, like, shake yep. it, and that's what it does. And there's I remember there's this one part where you have to, like, run in a race, and uh, you can either press C right to move or you can press right to move. And it's like how you like boost and you want to type tap like either of those. And I remember having the hardest time getting through it because I would tap the C right button. And I and I even had like a turbo controller and I turned on turbo and I tried like holding turbo and I still couldn't win. I found out that if you tap the control pad right, you go way faster than if you press C right. It's just so weird. It's just a dumb thing. But whenever you get to that part, just press the control pad, not the C right. <laughs> and that'll be how you get through there. Which I guess if you're using the 8-bit dough you would have to use like the analog stick to press C, right? Which you wouldn't want to do anyway. So you probably wouldn't end up doing it, but that was like one of my major memories from that game. But it's one of those weird things that I thought was really weird when I played it when I was a teenager. And I always hoped Hmm. to like buy it again and play it, you know, now, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those things I wanted to buy from a convention. So, but I don't think I ever, I think it's an expensive game nowadays. Well, everything's expensive now, but I think think it wasn't that bad at one point, but it's probably higher now. I just remember seeing a good review of it in GamePro, and that always stuck in my mind. And at the time, I was like, "Yeah, it looks cool," but everything was shifting to 3D, so 2D games weren't that cool. Um, they were—they were just weren't a priority for me to try. Well, that, that's what they wanted. Uh, so I was kind of regretted. It. So I'm glad I got to at least try it. I don't know if I'll stick with it because I'm, like you said, I'm kind of find it hard to get into. But maybe I'll give it another try or two. It sucks because at that time they've act- they were trying to push people against the 2D game. So we had all these like you know bad looking uh, sort of 3D games, and the 2D games were actually the ones you know like Symphony of the Night and stuff like that were the ones that actually looked better. But people were trying to steer for away from that because it's like everything is 3D, but everything's kind of come full circle now, where they could go go back to like 3D, 2D stuff and all that, or like HD, 2D stuff. I got a little bit further in Mr. Gimmick, and I'm just more and more appreciating that game and what what it managed to accomplish on the NES. Like there's it, it, it's a there's physics in this NES game. It's the most one of the most impressive feats on the NES that I've that I've seen. If you're standing on a hill, like you'll slide down just a little bit, just a little tiny bit. Or there's a part where you got to flip this enemy on his back, and when he's on his back, he, he's kind of waddling his feet a little. And if you stand on him because he's waddling his feet, you'll move a little bit. They just paid attention to like such details in this NES game, and it's it's so impressive. Um, I think it's a game that keeps surprising you. Like it, it'll toss out a new idea that it only uses just a you know for for that one scene for that one bit, and then it's gone because there's another new fresh idea around the corner. It's constantly surprising, and I love this game. I plan to play through it all the way through for a second time. I, I beat it I think twice before. Uh, to, uh, this time I'm going to stick with it and do it again because why not? I love that game. I also got my new memory card that I'd ordered and uh, I finally put the games on it. So that was nice to just have all my games there on one memory card and redownload the games that I hadn't played in a long time. And I thought to myself, okay, what's the game I'm going to play first? Like I don't want to just play the usual bunch. I want to play a game that I deleted long ago 
maybe give it a second shot. So I went to Double Dragon 4. <laughs> you hate that game. Yeah, I confirmed it sucks. <laughs> it, it really <laughs> sucks. You, you try terrible. To, you try to play it again and it's still terrible. Still terrible. It, man, it's 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 probably the worst NES throwback game that I've that I've ever played. Just because they don't stick with it. Like they didn't even bother to get the exact style down. There's parts where it looks like 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 other NES games, like say Mega Man Nine. You'd think, okay, maybe that maybe possibly that was developed on NES development kits. You you think that it definitely is not true. Yeah, but, but it looks like but it. you think that. But but double double dragon four. There's parts where they don't get the writing correct. Like the look of NES writing is pretty specific. It just looks like somebody saw a picture of it and copied it and said it ain't good enough. Or there's parts where the menus, like there's pop up menus that look like something off of a PC. Like it it just doesn't. It's not an NES graphic. Not an NES look to it. It'll have like a, it's like bright blue with a with a gradient, and no, it, it's totally out of place. So, as a as an attempt at a throwback, it just fails. And then the worst crime is that you know you've got now you've got a, a widescreen as opposed to the NES, which had the you know square screen, but they don't do anything to fill out the space. It's just emptiness. It's like just your characters walking around on backgrounds maybe there's a tire and a barrel and that's it like it's just so empty mm. and boring and repetitive and the game sucks and now they're, they're actually putting out a physical edition of it which is just you know fine but i guess anybody who's actually played the game you know it, it doesn't really speak to the true nes fans i think so i don't know i i, I give it a hard pass again for a second time did you see uh the whatever week it came out we we forgot to get to it probably because of time but did you see that like eight dragons game that were coming out? Yep. That looks like yep. a, that one actually looked interesting because all the characters like played. There's like eight characters in it. They all play differently. They all have different stories. So whenever you play as whatever one, they'll yep. all they'll all have different cutscenes and stuff. And uh, I don't know. It looked interesting. It's like seven ninety nine. Of course, it's eight dollars. Eight dragons, and I think it has like what you can play eight people at once. And you can play online, and there's like all this crazy shit that's in it. It just looks like they were. It was almost like a response to that Double Dragon Four. Like it was like a fan yeah. Double Dragon game, but it looked interesting from what I, from what I saw of it. I don't know. Yeah, it looks at least twice as good. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's. I I got Double Dragon Neon also, which was a uh, way forward. But I, I, don't yeah, know. I heard that's a lot better. I, I couldn't really get into that game either, so I don't know. But I never played Double Dragon Four, so I don't know how that one is. I mean, it can't be worse than Double Dragon Three, right? Because it's worse than too. Double Dragon Three. Yeah, I mean, like no- Double Dragon Three. At least there's an element of oh wow, it's a challenge, and like if you beat this level, like the only problem with Double Dragon Three is that it's just too damn hard, and it's hard, you know the yeah. one life thing that just that kills it, right? But there's, there's some segment of the population out there that would want to play that game because it's such a challenge. As far as the gameplay and the action. It's still pretty good. Still feels like Double Dragon. This doesn't feel like Double Dragon. This feels like somebody, I don't know, somebody made a, a pale comparison. Yeah. So it's, just, it's terrible. There was a there was something I, I wanted to mention last week about the because I made that I made that comment about uh about Nintendo like possibly like changing their memory card and all that for the Switch Pro. Well, I just realized after that was that they did actually do that between the 3ds and the new 3ds. 
they actually mm-hmm. did use a different memory stick in between the two systems, which I don't, I, I really can't see them doing that because I feel like what else would they use, you know, if they weren't using the micro SD one, but I just thought it was kind of funny that they did actually do that when, uh, when the 3DS changed to the new 3DS, they changed from the regular SD card to the micro SD card. So, so they have done it before. So hopefully they don't do, end up doing that to you in, in between whatever they are. But I, yeah. but I don't, I don't know what they would do. They would have to go like the Sega route and make their own memory card. And they saw how much that, I'm sure they saw how much that destroyed the Vita. So why would you ever do that? You know, Nintendo, I mean, Sega, like totally, yeah, or not, not Sega, uh, Sony totally like shot themselves in the foot for, for doing that, for making their own insanely expensive memory card for the Vita and for the PSP and all that stuff. So I, I was, I was convinced that the Vita was going to destroy the 3DS, but it didn't because they made you <laughs> buy these way incredibly expensive memory cards to play games on it. Some of them were like more expensive than the actual system, even. So they kind of destroyed themselves with that. Well, all right, we're, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and talk about directs and books and other shit. So stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over!
right, so we're back, and uh, I figured the first thing we'll talk about is the Sonic Direct that happened in between shows. Of course, of course, it did. There was a we did we did a little like a uh, thing where Jeremy and I came back and talked about Dragon Quest Direct and all that last week, but there was also a Sonic Direct like right after that. So, and it was an, and it was like a twelve minute video. It wasn't it wasn't that long, but there was some there were some things in there, and there was some stuff that was actually that had been rumored before that ended up becoming true. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I mean, you're you're the major Sonic fan, John. Did you like? Did you like the direct? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, there wasn't anything that really earth shaking for me. I would have liked a little bit more information on the new Sonic, which was the, the one more thing at the end of the whole presentation. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I was hearing uh, somebody, some people were talking about like, because Dragon Quest ends the same way, you know, where they're like, hey. Uh, Here's some stuff about Dragon Quest Twelve, and then they just show you like a logo, and it's like it's called <laughs> Flames of Fade, and that's like it, you know. And then this one's like, oh yeah, and one more thing, and then there's Sonic just like looks like he runs in the ground and writes Zeo on the ground or something like that. It's like mm. Sonic Zeo. Or yeah, whatever. I don't know what that thing was <laughs> that he wrote. Yeah, I was, I was struggling to read that, but, but it, I guess it's sort of secretive on purpose. But it was funny because like the Dragon Quest one, everybody was like, oh my god, they're like so excited for it, and Sonic one was like. Whatever. <laughs> Nobody seemed to really care. It that was much. the same thing, though. It was a <laughs> it was an aerial shot of something being made in some woods. Yeah, that turned out to be a logo or whatever. Well, and the Dragon Quest one was really dumb too, because it was like, yeah, it's like this flames is like DQ eleven, and then it's like twelve, and then they add another one on there, and I'm like, right, it was just dumb. Well, I think that <laughs> so it worked for the the Dragon Quest series because that series. As I understand it, and from the fandom, it's more well it's, established it's, than Sonic, I guess. I mean, not it's that more well Sonic established. Either, there's a high, there's a high bar. You know, it's going to be quality. But if you can't give me a teaser for a Sonic game when they're just so scatter shot, they're so hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you have to give me something that's going to wow me. Yeah, and if you just got a teaser, like save it for save it for later. Like give me the full the full meal and tell me why this is going to be different than the sonic werewolf game or the sonic one where he has a sword yeah uh, or whatever all the, all yeah. shitty ones yeah sonic 06 you got to tell me that this is going to be amazing and in effect apologize for the, the the horrible history of sonic yeah i mean yeah sonic is different as in like there aren't really i mean i don't think there's even really any bad dragon quest games but sonic ones depending on who you talk to you know a good percentage of them are bad so you know, it's a completely different different world, so I don't know. But we could just run through stuff the stuff from the direct really quick. Uh, there's a free Sonic music concert on June 23rd. You can watch it through Summer Game Fest. So there's that. The uh, this this game this game was kind of hilarious. The one that they announced after that, the Tokyo mm-hmm. 2020 game, which I was really confused about. That I thought it was just somebody in a Sonic costume, just mm-hmm. like causing shit at the olympics that's what i thought this game was i didn't even think it was a game mm-hmm. i thought it was just funny that like somebody's like oh i'm gonna put on a science costume and i'm just gonna go do some olympic stuff and that's what it is i didn't realize it was an actual video game and it's just like i don't know the whole presentation is kind of confusing and also i'm like i'm like are so, so you're ditching the mario the mario and sonic olympic stuff now and now you just now you just got an, an olympic game that just has sonic in it and it's not even like Sonic. It looks like Sonic in a fucking 
in like a, in like a furry costume. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's just, I'll, I don't know. It seems so bizarre to me. It just seems so out there. The other interesting takeaway from this game is this is the first time that I've heard reference to in 2021, what they're going to call the Tokyo Olympics. Apparently, because this is a licensed game, they're still going to call it the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, even yeah. though it's not taking place in 2020. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, then you're going to have a missed year of the Olympics, you know, if you're like cataloging right. them. I guess they're just going to roll it over. So if it happens in 2022, it'll still be the 2020 Olympics. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. But I guess they can't just like skip it because then right. they'll be like, I don't know. There are things that some, they would. Yeah. Maybe just just call it just for this time, like just the Tokyo Olympics or something. Like leave the year out entirely, because we're we're all just going to roll with it. That saying that it's twenty twenty still, and it's not. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I just I just figured that everything is the twenty twenty whatever, you know? Because yeah, it's like it's like I think I don't know. I mean, I I consider like the riot fest of this year the twenty twenty one considering that all the tickets were already sold out, you know, because everybody already had it for last year. I don't know. We should just, 2020, 2021 is the new 2020. So, I mean, that's fine <laughs> for me. But it's just like, I just found it weird that you took, that you wanted to take all the other characters out of it. Isn't, isn't that going to make it like sell less probably, I guess? I don't know. I never really bought any of these Mario and Sonic games, but I felt it kind of weird that they took Mario out of there. And they also took well, all, of done, all of Sonic's I, friends I, out of there. I believe that Sega did a straight Olympics game for the last Olympics too. I think or, or, they did, just, or did they? They're yeah. the ones that has the Olympic license of all the video game developers, and so they they make the Olympic games, and oh, then they I, just threw so, Sonic there as a bonus. Oh, so there, so there's two different ones, is what you're saying? There's Sonic and Mario with the Olympics, but there's also just an Olympics one without characters. Just an Olympics one, akin to like the NHL or NBA games, mm-hmm. yeah. I figured they were just abandoning the Mario and Sonic one. Still, either way, it's weird. The footage is weird. The Sonic character looks weird in it. I don't know. It For me, it, it looked really strange. I like that they made him a mascot rather than trying to, like, that it looks like a guy in a costume rather than trying to throw, like, the, the real 3D Sonic model in there. That's kind of funny. Yeah, it's funny, but, I mean, but would you ever buy a game like that? I mean... I, I sure wouldn't, but I'd never buy an Olympics game. So, I mean, that's, that's just me. I mean, why? I don't know who buys those games, but it made it does, more obviously. likely that I would buy the game, but I'm not going to buy the game. Yeah. I'm not going to buy it. I mean, there was only, there was only probably like two things in this that I would actually get. Second thing was, uh, they're adding stuff to the two point hospital game, which is on switch. So if you like that game, they're adding a bunch of Sonic stuff, Sega stuff in there. You can put in a fake arcade, you can play as Sonic. You can play as Knuckles. You can play as whatever people in there. I felt like that was kind of weird, but I don't know. I don't really play those games, so I don't know. <laughs> but it's, I guess, I heard it was good. And I heard people like it, the the two point hospital game. But now you can put Sonic in there, and you can have your fake it's Sonic like a arcade. hospital simulator kind of thing. Yeah, right. it's supposed to be a good game. It's on Switch, and I and I saw it was reviewed really well when it came out. But I don't really, yeah, I don't really know anything about it. Well, I didn't care about it, but now that Sonic's going to be in it. <laughs> now, now you'll get it. You can put nothing it... makes me feel more secure in a hospital setting than 
Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, they oh, they always say that when as you're fast as you can. <laughs> I was gonna say when you're trying to do something dropping rings in the open wound. <laughs> you know, when you're trying to do something like surgery, you know, they always say it's better to do it fast, right, than do it well. Uh-huh. Gotta go fast. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the Hippocratic oath, actually. Yeah, yeah, doing something fast is always makes it better, right? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Unless you're Sonic, but not even if you're Sonic. So there's that. Also, I thought this. A lot of these announcements are really weird because it's like, oh yeah, and also there's a Sonic arcade game in this other Sega game, in uh, Lost Judgment, which is the sequel to Judgment, which is a spinoff of the Yakuza series, which is basically keeping the beat 'em up style game from the original Yakuza series because now Yakuza is turn is turn based RPG. It's super complicated which is if, if you of, don't if you don't take follow. off it, rather of Shenmue. Which yeah, originated of. having these arcade games in the game. Sure. Yeah. It's it's just like it's such like a you know, it's like a burrito within a burrito or whatever of Which all <laughs> of goes back to here. this one guy one time who used to hang out at the arcade. Yeah. It's, he fights all the time. It just seems kind I noticed of, they call it they call it Yakuza, the the, the talker called oh, it. Oh yeah, that, that drove me, me that drove me crazy. It it drove me crazy. I was like, Well this, this is an official too. like uh, person hired by Sega to like Translate this, and they said Yakuza. Yeah, that drove that drove me nuts. When I was when I I was watching it again, I'm like, oh, he pronounces it like that. I mean, I said that up till probably less than a year ago, so I mean, I understand. But I mean, I've said it plenty of times. It seems weird that yeah, the official media would mispronounce it. There was some uh, there there was like a big event for Capcom where uh, I forget. There's this she's she's like in a podcast that's really popular. I've seen her around the internet. Anyway, she like mispronounced the uh, Lady Demistra, whatever her name was, and she got a lot mm-hmm. of flack for it. But she said that Capcom told her to say it that way, and that was why it came out wrong. But it wasn't the actual way to do it. So I mean, it's I'm just saying it's happened in, in, in other things before that I've seen. So who knows? It Are may you have just about been Brit- Brittany. I can't remember her last name, but the one who was like she's on like what what's what's good games that uh, that podcast. I've never listened to it, but I've heard about it on that Twitter. I don't know what her name is. She's on there with, uh, what is it, Kristen Steimer, whatever. She used to be on IGN. She's on there, I think. doesn't matter. The message but... boards never went away. They just grew. But it was another But it was another thing where there was a mispronunciation of something, and she got a lot of flack for it, and she told them that that's how they told her to say it. So, you know, leave her alone. So leave that leave guy Brittany alone. Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> leave, the, leave, the, leave the Yakuza guy alone. But whatever. It's in Lost Judgment. Um, there's actually this isn't this isn't actually from this direct, and it might it might not even be on a Nintendo system. But you know they're doing a newer version of whatever the final uh, Virtual Fighter game was for uh, for PlayStation. I think it might not even be on Switch, but they're actually using the they're using the engine that they use for the Yakuza games for that, and I think that's awesome. So that might actually be really cool, and I think it's going to be it's like be free through PlayStation now, Plus right? or something. No, it's it's not an RPG, but they're using the graphical style of the Yakuza games with a Virtua Fighter game, and I was like, that could actually be really cool because those games look great. So I mean, I'm I'm into that. But it's just kind of funny that there's like Son and, and Sonic Fighters is a pretty terrible game. Like, uh, it was on that Sonic Gems game that you got me, John. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the games on there are kind of bad. I think the the greatest thing about that collection is Sonic CD, which is fantastic. Like, that game's really, really good. But it also has a lot of the weird Game Gear stuff on there, and it also has Sonic Fighters, and I played it, and I'm like, this game's not really good. It's it's really hard to control, and it's kind of just... I don't know. It's it's a, you know... Yeah. It's what you expect from a game called Sonic Fighters, I guess. You know? <laughs> that's that's how the quality that you would expect for that. But it's kind of just a weird, weird announcement in there. 
But what it's I think one of the reasons that I got you that collection because I knew that they had the all the weird. Stuff. There were two Sonic collections on the GameCube. I wanted to get you the one that had all the weird games on it because I thought that would be more interesting. No, I, and, no, I, yeah, I, I, I like. I was wanting yeah. to try that game. Oh, and not not to mention Sonic R is also on there too, and I love Sonic R, even though that game's not that great, but the soundtrack is so good. And that was a Saturn it's, game, right? It's just weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I think that was the that was the game that was the Sonic game that you got on Saturn, right? It was like Saturn oh, Sonic R because of how they how they like released that early without telling anybody, and they kept promising people that there was going to be a 3D Sonic, but then there never was. It was on Dreamcast, and that's part of the death of Sega is like how they how they like uh, you know disappointed their fans so much through the Saturn and then and then when the Dreamcast had all these great games and had a great launch like nobody cared because everybody was pissed off about Saturn still and you know and such is history but yeah no no I, I mean I like that game it's just yeah it, it has a lot of weird ones in there but Sonic Fighters in itself I don't think it's that great of a game Sonic Colors Ultimate is coming on September 7th yeah I was gonna say I actually do have this game on Wii and this game actually is really good this is considered by it's many better. by many to be one of the best Sonic 3D games. So I am actually happy about their doing them doing like an HD ultimate version whatever for Switch. I'm definitely interested in it, you know. It's it's a couple months away, but this was one that was actually rumored. We did I did actually see rumors about this on the internet. So it was one that was kind of like leaked or whatever and it did actually being real being real and I was like, "Oh yeah, no that's cool. That game's good." I mean, I played I, I ordered it when I was kind of in that Sonic frenzy, whatever, from the movie, mm. where I was just trying to play all the other Sonic games. And uh, I, I played it, and it was good. I mean, I liked what I played of it. By the time I got to it, I was kind of a little burned out on Sonic, so I didn't play it, play it that much. But it was definitely really good, and I wish that I didn't have to play it on the Wii. I wanted to play it on another <laughs> system, so now I can play it on the Switch. And I'm, it's, you know, I'll probably end up getting it, depending on what September's like. There's another thing called Sonic Colors Rise of the Wisps, and I don't me- remember what exactly that is. Is that DLC for the new Sonic Colors game, or is it a whole separate thing? I think I think it's an ad- I think it's an add-on thing. Just looking at my notes here, I think it was something that's. I think Rise of the Wisps is an added-on thing for uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate. This is what I'm guessing. Makes sense. What about Sonic Origins? Oh, yeah, that that was the collection of all the different Sonic games, including Sonic Three and Knuckles. Yeah, that that was the big deal. Is they were doing another another Sonic collection aside from the Sega collection that's already on Switch. But yeah, they're making a new one that is actually going to have Sonic 3 on it and Sonic and Knuckles. So I don't know how much different, aside from those things, how much different it's going to be from the other from the other games. But maybe it's going to have all that weird shit in there that we were talking about. Maybe it's going to have Sonic Fighters and and like the Game Gear games and, and stuff like that in there, which would be, why not, you know? If you're going to go, I mean, especially for like something like this that has like old, old, you know, 16-bit games. I feel like yeah. why why don't you just just go crazy and put like put everything on there. Put a bunch of games on there, you know, and then then you can sell it for a higher price and it'll make more sense, you know, don't like I mean I don't want to I don't want to get it if it's only like four Sonic games, if it's only just like Sonic 1, 2 and 3 and Sonic the and same Knuckles ones that I bought time and again. Yeah, yeah, I mean you I mean I had I had the Mega Collection for GameCube, all those games were on there. And I, I know there was like a whole uh there's like a copyright issue, right, with the music of Sonic 3 or something yep. like that because of they figured it up because of Michael Jackson and all that, so they figured it out. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that game is coming out. So, uh, so Origins and Ultimate Colors, I'm like, I'm into those. Like those, those are ones I'm interested in. But then they kind of like they talk about like stuff that's getting added to like PlayStation Now and Amazon Luna, which is the first time I've seen that mentioned on anything. And mm-hmm. uh, what what I did think was pretty cool is uh, they they are adding some Sonic games to Apple Arcade, so. 
John has Apple Arcade free for six months. Now you can play <laughs> Team Sonic Racing. So play that game. It's great. I like that game. I, I it's it. different though. It's different than than the ones that we get on the console. Is it? I thought I thought you only it got is. well. I thought you only got that additional new car that wasn't on the other one, like the old school car. No, it's a different game. I mean, it's made for a touchscreen. Oh, really? It's it's not the oh. Yeah. So it might be. So you're saying it's going to be like a downgraded version? It's not going to be like the Switch version? Yeah, it's it's something else. Oh, okay, that sucks. Well, I mean, it might still be good though. I don't know. Give it a try. It's free. Is yeah. that like you got to pay? I played it before. It. It's okay. oh you oh you played it and you didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like a phone game. Oh, okay. Because I, yeah, I, I forgot that there was a when the Sonic when the Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing the first one, there was a mobile version of that also that was completely different than the one that was on that was on Wii. So I, that's weird that I figured that since everything is pretty close, they would make it the same game. You know, since like you know that you can do like the same graphics on your phone that you could do on Switch. It's like why not? I don't know. Everything is everything's scalable. Make it all the same. You know, that seems weird to me. To make a lesser version for that, but I guess that's how they do it. Probably because there's some sort of free-to-play, pay-money thing worked in there or something like that. So, uh, after that... Oh, yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of Sonic Mobile shit in there. Uh, the Werehog is going to come to the Sonic Mobile game. <laughs> there's, like, a Pirate Sonic. There's a Pirate Shadow. I don't know. I don't really care about any of this stuff. But <laughs> that's that's all in there. But there's there's a Sonic... There's a new Sonic cartoon coming to Netflix... Which yep. looks, which look like Sonic it. Prime. I guess, Prime, right? Oh, I guess, it's called Prime. I guess it showed promise because the guy who's making it, he actually did a bunch of other cartoon shit, right? It's not like he did they Ben are. Ten, yeah, a couple of their shows. I mean, I remember, I remember he had a pretty had a pretty good track record from from what I saw. So who knows? I mean, it's better than it's probably going to be better than the movie, right? I don't know. It's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this with Kevin. Like most of the time, animated stuff get better writers and directors because it's mm-hmm. not like. Because it's not like the show about it, you know. They'll actually hire somebody who knows how to write instead of like somebody like J.J. Abrams or something like that, you know, to, to screw up your franchise. There's a Jack specific Eggman robot, which was a like a, a figure, you know, Jack specific. They do figures for Nintendo's too, for Nintendo too, um, and it, I think it was based on one of the the boss fights from Sonic Two. It looked pretty cool from what I saw of it. I, I thought it, I thought it looked it looked uh, pretty nice. This, Not um, available in the U.S. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like all the merchandise stuff from Dragon Quest, from the Dragon Quest thing. Not coming to America. Sorry. This this uh, this was something that I thought you might actually get, John. The uh, the Sonic Encyclopedia, the uh-huh. art book. That's for the title. That's pretty clever. That seems like something you would actually go for because you. I mean, you like I mean, that. I heard stuff. it's a pretty quick read. <laughs> nice. I don't know. You you like art books and stuff, so I th- so I thought you might be into that. Maybe it's like a big coffee table book or something. Yeah. It's like a hard. It's a hardcover book. Celebrate Sonic the Hedgehog's 30th anniversary with a full hardcover historical retrospective that explores nearly every one of the Blue Speedsters' video game appearances. So, I thought it. I thought it looked neat. I would buy it just for Sonic 3D Blast. It's already on sale for twenty nine ninety nine hardcover on Amazon. Ten dollars off, or no, uh, twenty dollars off. Ooh, so ten dollars. You could save twenty bucks right now. I mean, you're not going to get it till November, but you could buy it now. <laughs> we can write. We can read that for our next uh, book that we take a, lot, really take a long Sonic time to finish. Plan that far ahead. I was gonna say. I thought you were gonna say. Do they really expect? Do they really think Sonic fans read or know how to read? <laughs> I said something very similar. I thought, I thought you were going. I thought you were going way meaner with that. <laughs> it's like, do you think that Sonic fans can even read? No. And then, and then it ends with like uh, Sonic with the new Sonic stuff and blah blah blah. 
which we talked about. There's a really weird like logo. And we talked about this last week. Jeremy and I were like uh we're like having traumatic flashbacks of the Metroid Prime Four logo, which what happened like <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> yep. And we It's the still... first video I ever put on YouTube uh, on our channel. Yeah. Was it the the react you reacting to the to the the yeah Metroid Prime Four? Well, it was part of it, yeah, but it was the E three presentation in twenty seventeen. Yeah, remember when we used to do reaction videos and stuff? Yeah. Speaking of which, I guess well, it isn't really the video, but it's partially. Also, like I feel like this happened like right after we were done recording last week. But there's been some more, like, you know, supposed, like, evidence, whatever, from various stuff. I think, like, Emily Rogers said some shit, which I don't ever really trust anything she says. But it was backed up by more, like, Bloomberg reports and stuff like that with some more, like, actual, you know, facts, whatever, about the Switch Pro. Where is it? It seems like it has a bigger screen, but it's not a bigger screen. It seems like they just took the bezel out of it mm-hmm. and just made it small. Just basically, because there's a pretty big... uh there's, there's a pretty good f- big frame around the screen on the Switch as is. And they kind of just right. took that out and made it bigger in that way, which makes me think that maybe they're doing that. So it's still going to fit in all of the docks. So that makes me happy because I already have two docks and I don't want to buy two more docks. So that's But if cool. you want to, but I've also heard that if you want to do the 4K, then you have to get a new dock. Yeah. I mean, I see if I, I just want it to work in the docks that I already have. If I have to buy a new one and it comes with a new dock and then I'll have three docks and only one of them does 4K, that's fine because I only have one 4K TV. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to matter yep. for the other for the other TVs that I have. And so that's so that'll be fine. That's not good. But if I had to buy, if it wasn't going to work at all with any of the docks that I have, then I'd be upset. But still, I mean, from what I've heard right now of it, and if it's going to end up, you know, there's been more stuff saying that it's going to be like that. It could be like four hundred dollars, four hundred fifty dollars. If it's just gonna be, if it's just gonna up, if it's just gonna do 4K and have a bigger screen, I don't want it. You know, it's not enough for me for like 450. I would expect that they would have another reason. Well, that it's yeah. that they're doing this. I mean, rather would, than just the big screen and 4K. I mean, you would think there's gonna be something the, else to it. I mean, you would think, but the the new 3DS didn't do that much. It added like another analog stick, and you could play Super Nintendo games on it. But that's yeah. really it. You know, and like a higher. You know, and like better battery but it, power, but I mean, it's the other analog stick was the big deal, though. Yeah, like that—that that was a big deal. But it's not even, even the screens I, I were inconsistent on the 3ds. It's like you didn't know if you were going to get a good screen or not. And it's not even—it's not even an analog stick. It was a nub. It was an analog mm-hmm. nub. It was an IBM ThinkPad piece. <laughs> yeah, that that thing—that thing, that thing kind of really sucked. It was really hard to use for any sort of thing where you actually had to use. Like, if you wanted, if you wanted to try to play like a first-person shooter with it, there's no fucking way. Like, it was practically impossible, which kind of pissed me off because I bought the Moon, like the Moon game, you know, which was a re-release of the DS game, and I played it with the Circle Pad Pro, and it worked great. But when I played it with the Nub without the Circle Pad Pro, no fucking way. Like, I couldn't even play it. It kind of made me angry that I got rid of the Circle Pad Pro. And my old 3DS because I couldn't play it anymore just because of how bad the nub worked as like an aiming stick, you know. So I don't know. I think I, with the Pro, they're all they're also going to put out a better Joy-Con, and they're, I they're fucking hear, hope they're so. definitely hearing the complaints on the Joy-Con. I fucking hope so. If they're they're, fix that. if they're not going to change the Joy Cons, then what are you even doing? Like this is like really the the major problem right now is fucking Joy Cons. Like this is, should be where the focus is. Your controllers are fucking broken, dude. Like, and they're breaking everywhere, you know, to the, yeah, it's just like. Put a D-pad on the Joy-Con. 
Yeah, I mean, not even that. I'm talking about the, you, you know, the, the drift. The, fix the fucking yep. drift, please. I don't know. It's if, if if they're not doing new Joy Cons, then what's 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 the point? Like, why are we even doing this? Like, who cares about 4K graphics? I mean, it's not. It's like I we were talking earlier on the Slack, and yeah, if it if it's like something that's comparable to the PlayStation Four, or actually better than the PlayStation Four, then yeah. But I this is Nintendo here. I really don't. If I was betting, I wouldn't bet on it being more powerful than a PS4. I'm no. I'm guessing that we're getting more of a Switch point five than a PS4.5. I would think maybe so. a PS4 Pro tops is what we're getting with the. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. I don't think we'd even I get mean, that. The 4K, because you think about like when the Wii finally or the Wii U finally came out, like everybody else has been doing HD gaming for several years at that point. So it's going to be the same thing with a switch. They're going to be like, okay, we're finally here in 4k, like just in time for whatever the next thing is probably to start like being pushed. And, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, PS five and, and series X like did just start. So it already is the next thing, you know, but I mean, as far as like whatever the, like new, all the new TVs are going to be eight Ks. Yeah. Cause yeah. there are, already I mean, there are, there are eight Ks out there. Yeah. So. But getting to where like, well, now you have to output an eight K because you have to be future proof. Like, Nintendo's never future proof with their <laughs> digital output. They never have been. So yeah. don't don't expect too much from this. Like we're not gonna there's no fucking way this is gonna be anywhere near current gen. No. It's just yeah. going to be so much better than the Switch that it's gonna seem current gen. Well, I mean I've seen I've seen articles saying that they're gonna try to even phase out the original Switch with this, which I don't which that seems kinda that seems yeah. that seems kind of weird. I don't know if I fully. I mean, believe that's that. been their approach with all their handhelds, and this is essentially the Switch is essentially a, a beefed up handheld. So, well, that I, mean, I guess does the, make sense. I mean, the new 3DS did phase out the regular 3DS. Like they stopped making the regular 3DS yeah. when they made the. They new did 3DS, that with all so. their Game Boy models as well. Yeah, so I mean, it 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 would it would make sense for for their track record for what they do. I was uh, I was I heard somebody say earlier about this E3 just being like. Just basically being the prove at E3, you know, because there's been so many rumors of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just going to be like people saying whether it's actually real or not, you know, is, is what we're going to see, I guess, for a lot of this stuff. But well, the the coronavirus thing, I'm sure, will be just as much brought up because they'll say like, well, we're delayed because of that, you know, in the past and like whatever the future may be. I think we're going to hear a lot of similar stuff this E3, which I guess we're not into the pr- predictions yet, but. We should still just temper our expectations that stuff is still not ready to just be back to normal. Like Nintendo always delayed the shit out of their games anyway, so we're going to see a lot of that. Yeah. This, this Bloomberg article was saying that the Switch Pro could be ready as soon as September. That's yeah. right around the corner. Yeah, that's that's another <laughs> thing where it's uh oh and and it's and because of that and because of everybody saying that well also part of the rumor was that they were going to announce this officially before E3 starts. And E three is like less than less than two weeks away right now, like a week and a half away. So they would have to. I kind of was under the impression, and I even I even put up a poll for this on our Facebook community page. I was kind of the under the impression that it was going to drop at any moment, you know. And I with, think they'll drop the reveal three days before. I was going to say, with our luck, it's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> it's it's going to happen right after we're done recording. It'll happen on Thursday. Yeah, I would and say we'll it would talk, happen. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. That, that's that's kind of what I gathered. Because the first thing, I mean, the first thing we've seen about E three stuff, which we're going to talk about after this, is that they've said, okay, well, here's 
here's the time that we're going to do our direct, our 40 minute direct, and we're going to do like three hours of uh, Nintendo Treehouse after this. And but they made sure to say that the the direct was focused around software. Yeah, no, no, mostly uh, yeah. available in 2020. What year are we in now? 2021. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. What 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 year is it? Yeah, time loops back again. Oh, another 2008. An- another thing. 2008 that, all over again. <laughs> another thing I found really interesting about the Switch Pro rumors is that they were saying that it's going to have USB connectors. And an Ethernet control connector on the actual handheld. Did you see that? That's kind of weird no. to me. Is that for? People? No, I didn't see on the actual hand. I thought on the, on the the dock. Oh, I thought it was on the handheld. Is, is what? Because I was like, because it was. It made it sound like they wanted, like you wanted, to, like you could be able to play Ethernet from tabletop mode. Is is what I gathered from it. Maybe I was wrong about that, but I mean, having it having an Ethernet on the on the dock that makes perfect sense. And there already are two USBs. On the dock, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't really thought too much about that, but improving the screen does make the tabletop mode more of a viable thing because yeah. they've been trying. Right. They they've always been trying to push that, but no one gives a shit about the tabletop mode. Like, I played it with Pokemon at the bar. That's the only time I ever used that mode, and it briefly on the plane. No, I think uh, it to Colorado. I, no, I think it was in handheld mode because they said that it was going to be a little bit thicker because of the Ethernet and the USB plugs on the side of it, and mm. also it's going to have mm-hmm. a. It's going to have a stronger, f- a stronger flap, so it'll have like a flap more like the iPad. Get rid of the kickstand. Yep. Well, that's kickstand sucked from the sucked from the beginning. So I mean, that's definitely a welcome change. Because once I remember the first time we ever saw a switch, and I saw that. Yeah, kickstand. I don't even know where mine is. I lost it at some point. Oh really? I was going to be like, oh yeah, no, that thing's going to break so easy because it's it feels so flimsy. Mine won't even like really stay in there. You know, it won't even click in anymore. It just kind of just like dangles on the back. So, yeah, but I mean, it's just people are reporting about this shit like week and week and week and week. And it's gotten to the point almost to the ridiculousness of like the NX and all that shit. And where I just want them to just like say what it is already, because I'm really tired of it. It's definitely to the point of the NX. The thing about the NX is that it was inevitable because there was going to be a new Nintendo system. You know, you knew that was a thing. The thing about the Switch Pro is you don't know that it's inevitable. Sure, we see all this industry stuff telling us that it is and most likely it will be. And based on their history with handhelds in particular, they're going to keep iterating upon the Switch until the next thing. But why couldn't they just be like, we're working on the successor to the Switch. Here's a logo. Like, mm-hmm. that could be it Yeah, for hardware. Yeah. And it's well, one thing that I find... It's re- been out for four years now. I mean, it's getting to the point where an actual next level successor might be what happens next. Yeah, one thing I find really weird about it is... I mean, you know, there's been like a shortage of parts and all that, and they've had actually had a really, really hard time, you know, making enough Switch models as of right now. And and you want to make another one on top of that? And and somehow you're going to be able to supply that? I don't know. That just seems weird to me. And we're not going to have the same thing happening with the new Switch that we have with the PS5 right now, where it's been out for nearly a year now. And you can't find it anywhere. And people still can't get it, yeah. Uh Yeah, I mean, we had the same thing with the Wii and and all that when that so. came out. And I guess the Switch was kind of hard to find too when it first came around. But we just got lucky and pre-ordered it nice. I mean that that's the headache that I that I see coming. Like if it is like something that, I mean, I'm sure regardless we'll pre-order it anyway. But that's going to be its own headache is trying to get in pre-orders for it and will it work or will it not or I don't know. I I want I want to see more stuff. I, I want to see more stuff that's not. Just, I don't. I could give a shit whether it has a bigger screen or not. 
or whether it has an Ethernet plug. I don't even use the Ethernet. You know, I don't even. I could. I mean, there's adapters for it. I could use that if I really want to, but I don't. You know, I want it. I want. I to want s- onboard have- storage in the dock. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted that. I want to be able to upgrade the dock itself and just have that be where you can dump games. Oh, you mean like an external hard drive that you could plug into yeah. it? It'd be way well, just che- it, make it, the dock be an external hard drive. I mean, it'd be way cheaper than getting uh than getting like a one hundred and sixty dollar uh, memory card to just. <laughs> but well, I mean, because you can get it, it, you know external memory is much cheaper. You can buy you can buy two terabyte ones for less than sixty. So I mean, it's. But I even mean like so. Let's say there's like additional file stuff you have to download in order to run pre-existing games at 4k we'll have that just be on the dock that way you don't have to have that in your actual switch taking up all that extra space you know when you plug it in the dock then it accesses those extra files that allow it to run in 4k yeah i mean the the dock in itself does kind of like i mean it does it does its own thing to help the switch run better on the tv you know it does it does like uh i forget i forget what you call that it's like an overclocking thing yeah yeah what do you what would you call it? like maximize or what was it? Phil said it last week about optimize. It like optimizes the switch, mm-hmm. you know, for for output for output through the for, through the whatever through the dock. So it already USB-C. does that. Maybe it just does. It will do more this time. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's what's going on with that. I mean, it, I'll order it, it, it <laughs> <laughs> no matter what it is. I mean, we'll probably buy and, it unless yeah. it's like seven hundred bucks. I mean, what if it's five hundred dollars though, and all it is is a bigger screen? <laughs> I mean, it's like. I don't know. There's going to be something else to it. It's not just going to be a bigger screen. I mean, well, the, the yeah, the rumor was that they were going to announce it before E3 so that people can actually announce their games f- that are only going to run on it at E3 is what I heard. So if that's the case, then, of course, you know, you want to use it. And as we were saying earlier with Subnautica, I would love for it to help the Switch run the games that are already on there better. It'd be cool if it would do some sort of thing, kind of like what they've been doing from like PS4 to PS5 and x series and all that where you can like upgrade your game where you can like send it to the new system for free or whatever and it optimizes it for that that would be great if they would do that with the new one but i mean that seems like too advanced for nintendo since it seems like such a new such a new thing but i think that's enough about the about the switch pro it's just like so many people keep talking about it everywhere that it just it has to happen right you know it has to be somewhere well something is going to happen eventually with a new nintendo console we know that for a fact I hope it has. I hope it adds a joystick nub in the middle, and you have to use it like with your nose, like while you're mm-hmm. trying to play. It. <laughs> you have to put your face right next to the screen. It'll be even. It'll be even worse than the 3DS nub that was already on there. Okay, so there's going to be an E3 Direct. We might. I thought we might as well do predictions for it now, since it just got since it just got announced. I just kind of threw stuff together before we started here. It was a lot of it was just yeah. kind of like, well, what about this? You know. So um. So yeah, it's uh. First thing I was thinking, just because this is what I want anyway, uh, I, I let's say they announce uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 and Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, the 3DS games getting ported to Switch, and they're going to do it kind of like they did the Famicom Detective Club. They'll be you can buy them separately or you can buy them together for sixty dollars. I would buy that and I'd play that stupid Minotaur again, I guess. If I have to, but that's something I could see happening just because I heard that Shin Megami Tensei three sold pretty well so far. So, and they may have already had that. Maybe they were already thinking about doing that. And it's a, you know, porting 3ds games to switch. They just did it with Metopia. I don't know. It, it sounds like a thing that might happen. And if we're really, really lucky, they'll mention something about Shin Megami Tensei five, <laughs> you know, since that's been already announced. I mean, I feel like that was, I think they showed a trailer for that the very first time they ever said what the switch was. 
like in the Switch reveal video, it goes back that far even, and we still haven't really heard anything about it. So, you know. Um, this one I think is probably definitely going to happen. Uh, the 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 two the two last Smash Fighters will probably be revealed on this. I see that. I mean, just because there's only two left, and they've already kind of hinted at it. And uh, th- these are just the ones that I that I think. No, I've been saying this for a while. Uh, the Ring Fit Trainer will be one of them. That's my that's mm-hmm. my guess. Just because Wii Fit Trainer's in there, it's going to be an Echo Fighter of that. And it's going to be the Ring Fit Trainer. That, that's just one that I think is going to happen. And just for the fun of it, I also threw in the mo- the uh, the robot from from the game Garage Builder or Garage Game Builder, just because that guy looks like he could be a he could be a Smash Brothers character. I don't know. I think that could be fun. I mean, we we talked about. Yeah, there I have being a feeling a, they're. I have a feeling they're going to talk about this game, even though it will have been out for a few days already. They will mention it. Oh yeah, it'll be. They'll they'll mention it if not for a few seconds. I think they'll still be like, hey. There's this maybe game. even have like a download that day of like some stuff that Nintendo, like actual yeah. Nintendo designers made. Yeah, which you guys are still planning on getting that right, even though it's a. Uh, That's we, my next purchase. We yeah. we found out that we found out that yes, it's going to be the search option. It's going to be stupid. You're not going to be able to just like. You're not even going to be able to do it as well as Mario Maker Two. You're not going to be able to just go and play somebody's level. You're still going to have to have a code to find their level. There's not like a hub where you can search people's created games and all that. So that really sucks. They're really good. Well, once you, I'm once you not, have I'm someone's not buying it. Yeah. Nope. Once you have someone's creator code, you can follow you can them. Right? All their levels, yeah. Well, somebody, somebody's making a website that's supposed to try to fix this. Like there, there's like fans that are trying to fix it in their own way, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering like how well it's actually going to work. It sucks that they really, really neutered the, uh, the search function on it because yeah, this type of game, you want to be able to see other people's creations of it. Like I posted stuff. Easily. I posted put posted stuff in the Slack. Somebody made like somebody made like the whole fucking game of Doom Eternal on on the like on the VR one, mm-hmm. and I can't play it because there's no way to play it unless you know the person and they can show it to you. Because there's no codes in that game. That annoys the piss out of me because I would love to play their version of Doom Eternal in VR in in like. You know, in cheap VR, the Nintendo mm-hmm. VR, it's like I want to play that, but what I can't. What is the point? Yeah. What is the point of having a creation game like yeah. these, like Mario Maker Two, like like this game, like Labo VR? If you can't find the creations, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty stupid. So they need to do something. Somebody needs to do something. So yeah, I'm really on the fence. About, I wonder if they're not worried, like yeah. after seeing like what happened with Dreams, if they're not just like super worried that they're they're going to be having people making stuff, you know, that's Nintendo based that they don't want them to make, which is dumb because it's on a Nintendo console. But I mean, they totally, you know, since cease and desist to dreams about certain content. Well, so. yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, yeah. Cause there's like Nintendo characters in there. I, I think it's more Nintendo being Nintendo, like how they are about the internet and how they don't want you to actually use the internet for what the internet is used for. They are. Yeah, they don't want you to. Yep. They're afraid that somebody might make a level that has a giant wiener walking through something, and they don't want you to see that. You know, Which that, was <laughs> actually the first level I was going to make. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that, I think that's it's just Nintendo being afraid of the internet. That's that's what I get from it, where they don't want yeah, you. Bob's spicy meal remains online all these years. Yeah. Don't speak ill about that. Yeah, and that has poop in it, so. No, I mean, you know, it's just they—they're afraid. You of, are the poop. <laughs> it feel—it feels like they. I love Bob's Spicy Meal. 
They're, they're afraid <laughs> of you making, I don't know, it just seems so dumb for like a something that's based on making stuff for you not to be able to access stuff from it, but whatever. That was a side note. I just wanted to mention that game so we don't forget to talk about that little piece of news that was added to that game. So I'm kind of on the fence about it. I mean, as far as like, yeah, as far as games, I was like, maybe I'll get that one. I mean, I'm definitely getting. Yeah, I'll definitely buy it. I'm getting so golf. So no one else on the show has it. You can be the tester. Um, also, uh, just just I had to throw it in just as being a fan. I was like, why don't we put Adol in there from Ease? Put him in there. Make him a fighter. That'd be fun. I'd, I'd, I'd buy him. I'd buy Adol. Especially since Ease 9 is, you know, it's getting closer to coming out. It's going to come out the first week of July, so we're almost there. Why not do a little Ease celebration and throw Adol in there is what I think. Um, they should put an Ease character from the very first one in there where... All the damage they give is just by running into. <laughs> I mean, well, Adol's been the main character in every Ease game, so if oh, they put Adol. if they put him in there, that he would be from. He's I mean, Adol and uh, and Dogie, they're in like every game. So I mean, this that, yeah. But yeah, they could have an old school version where you could ram into people without without hitting them. Uh, I think we'll hear more info about the Dragon Quest stuff from the from the event, just because. Dragon Quest and Nintendo are pretty close, especially since, you know, Dragon Quest, they, the same with Shin Megami Tensei, they kind of follow whatever the big system is. And the big system in Japan right now is the Switch. So I'm pretty sure that we're going to see a lot of Dragon Quest stuff on Switch. So I think we're going to get more stuff that we didn't see in just the Dragon Quest one on the Nintendo one. That's like Switch Dragon Quest specific. Even if it's just like a release date for the Dragon Quest 3 remake you know the the octopath dragon quest 3 remake that we saw i think we'll still see more information on that just because i think it should happen maybe we'll finally get some more info about the detective pikachu uh port that was supposed to happen where they're going to bring the 3ds game to the switch game and make a sequel to it or whatever maybe we'll hear about that as like a double pack or something like that kind of like with subnautica where it's like here's the old one here's the new one you can buy them together that's what i was thinking also, I'm pretty sure we're get, we're we're gonna have to see a Breath of the Wild release date, right? That's like something that I think. I mean, I would I would bet 100%. that it, I think it's gonna come out this holiday. Is what I'm thinking. I may be wrong, November. But, but I think they I think they were originally planning to take it to bring it out last holiday, and then of course you know everything went to hell. So I'm kind of hoping, I guess, that it'll come out before the end of the year this year. I mean, or at least or at least they'll let us know. When they think it's going to, if it's not going to come out at the end of the year, it's going to come out at the beginning of next year. And there might be some extra stuff with the Switch Pro. Who knows? You know? And uh, what else do I have? Oh, yeah. Resident Evil Revelations 3. Hopefully that rumor about it is real and we'll actually see that announced. And that'd be great because Resident Evil Revelations games are awesome and I'd love to see another one on Switch. That's what I got right now for those. Cool. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at John's list here, so I won't say anything that he wrote because there's a possibility I was subconsciously <laughs> affected by reading what he wrote. I didn't see you guys. I didn't see you guys' notes. So if there was stuff, no, that no, I that's good. I, I actually was not very well prepared for this part. So I just kind of threw some stuff off the top of my head, which I'm still happy with. So I think that they're going to bring game boy advance, which I guess John, you did say, you expect something a new system on the new internet, system? So. Yeah, I wasn't specific, but yeah. Game Boy Advance to me makes the most sense. Game Boy it's... Advance would be awesome. I'd be. I mean, well, I guess because because of all the stuff that was already on Wii U and all that, how they ported yeah. like forty games to Wii U that were Game Boy Advance, and and it doesn't take a whole lot of power to run them, I guess, and and they should just be on there. Game Boy Advance is awesome. 
put them. And I think they might, and I don't have this written in my notes, but I think it might come with maybe finally, maybe more history included with the games. Like maybe there's a little bit more info about them. More context. Yeah. Like you can click on them and see, cause like, I think they're going to make a deal about, well, this was the, you know, this was able to run Super Nintendo style games, but it was actually a 32 bit system and it was able to do all this extra stuff and maybe just kind of like try to differentiate it in that way and it kind of like make it more of a museum piece on the Game Boy Advance. I'd love that if they did that. I think that, or I hope that, they'll announce a Final Fantasy 1 through 6 collection because. Bring those games to the Switch, please, goddammit. And don't bring the shitty uh, mobile ports. Like, give us the original games, or if you're gonna if you're gonna up upscale them and make them HD and stuff, just do it in the original engine. Please don't change anything. It it it's I mean, it feels like SquareSoft doesn't or Square Enix doesn't really care about those games anymore. That's what's unfortunate. <laughs> Is yeah. it, that's why we never see, we'll never see like a re release of six how or did, five how or did anything like that. Final Fantasy six show up on the on the Game Boy Advance, uh, SNES. No, the SNES Classic. How did he? How did they get it on there? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I get, but that they don't have to do that much for it. But as far as like, I don't know. I would love to see. I mean, we've talked about this a million times. I would love to see the Final Fantasy games on there. It's nice that we're getting. I mean, what they need to do is just follow suit, like with what they're doing with Dragon Quest three, with the Octopath thing, and just like just remake all of those old sixteen bit RPGs like that, and that, and that, and that style. And that art style, and just roll and just roll them out. I'll buy every single one of them. One thing I think is a is a fairly solid prediction, given the amount of time since the last thing we saw anything about it, and given that it's still technically the year of the anniversary. I think we're going to see something about a new Odyssey two, or an all new thing, maybe even a Galaxy three. Like it I think says. we're going to get we're going to get some kind of teaser about a new three D Mario game. If it's even just them saying, "Oh, by the way, we're working on a new three D Mario," like. I just feel like they're going to acknowledge that there is a sequel in the works publicly, finally. Because I don't think they have yet. Um, you think it'll be Odyssey 2? I don't know. I think it has just as likely, great of a likelihood as being Galaxy 3. Because then they have a reason to release Galaxy 2. As oh, sure, yeah. For. It should be Super Mario Sunshine 2. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario Lost Levels 2. Nah, yeah, Mario is missing yeah. 2 through 5. They're going to release... A whole bunch of them. I want Mario um, 64 DS 2. Just as a joke, graf- with the graphic I said they're going to have Switch music. It's going to be like mm-hmm. a sequel to Wii music. They should just re-release Wii music again and charge, <laughs> it, and charge $60 for it. That, that would be hilarious. I mean, I, I have that game. I never played it, but I uh, bought it just... You like 25 cents, right? I think I bought it for like 75 cents from, from GameStop or something <laughs> like that. Just because I heard about it from the NVC group that it was it's available. It's still like for a dollar. So, you can buy it for a dollar. It was available for so it. cheap. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just buy it. But I, I never played it. Never even opened it. But it was just, yeah, it was less than a dollar. So I was like, well, I'll have it. So if it ever gets whatever, it ever becomes popular, then I have it. I still have high hopes that we're going to get rare support on the Switch in greater context than just like the Donkey Kong Country games on NSO. So I'm still hoping for that rare replay. Still hoping for that rare replay. Yeah, you, you're holding out for that shit. You need. So to, I'm going to keep mentioning it. It's one of those things I'm going to will into existence. You you just, you just like want the, want to have it so you can very quickly realize how bad those games were. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Banjo Kazooie is pretty good still, right? I don't know. I haven't played it in years. I want to play the whole like Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, and they do the stop and swap, which you can do on the 360, and yeah. I never did do. But 
where they actually re-implemented that content that was pulled out where you were literally going to pull the cartridge out while it was on and put the other one in. Probably very fascinating. Really bad for the system. <laughs> you know. Yeah, very fascinating concept. I mean the in sixty four had RAM, it makes sense. Let's see. Otherwise, another thing I always say, I've been saying it every year, I think, since we started the podcast. They're going to announce what their what the successor to the 3ds is. I'm the still four, holding out the 4DS. hope yeah. that there that there's going to be a separate line of consoles. That would be such even a though dumb that move. Really though. makes no sense anymore. It, it makes, makes no, no sense, sense whatsoever because the switch is switch is the hotness, and it's both. It's it's portable and not portable, and that's and it's, it's so like great. you're saying, Trey. Uh, you can play games with switch style graphics on your phone. If you have a phone that came out this year, it probably has the ability to to emulate a switch game on it if you went through the proper proper channels so why would there be another handheld that was less powerful than the switch light it's not going to happen but uh, yeah i'm still I, holding out hope that there's some sort of novelty that they've got up their sleeve just like the original ds like when that thing came out just because even the switch wasn't as mind-blowing as the, as the ds when it came out um, I, I mean, I think one. I think one of the best things that Nintendo did when the Switch came around, and I guess this was even before that, but I think this is one of the greatest things they've done is that they actually combined their two companies. You know, they're, instead of having a handheld company mm-hmm. and a console company, combining them all into one thing, I think was one of the most genius things they ever did. Because there's so many times where it's like, you know, say you only there. There were a lot of Nintendo fans that didn't have a handheld. They just played GameCube or they just played Wii or whatever, and they never played like DS or. 3ds and they would miss all these great games i'm just glad that they're all under one roof now and i don't want to i don't want to have that divide again from there being a new whatever underpowered i wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't their plan all along i would yeah if we didn't find out at some point in some historia about nintendo that the plan was always to be a handheld you know a handheld that you could put on the tv i mean they've been trying to do it for so long like that's where they are now and there's no going back Technology isn't going to increase so quickly that the stuff you play on TVs is different than handheld. Like everything's the same now. Mm-hmm. I'm still holding out hope that there's going to be a successor to the 3DS, a new DS type. It's going to be called the 4DS, and it bends time. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I have on here. That isn't stuff that I saw in common. There's going to be a new WarioWare announced. I'm very confident of this. I hope so because there was a, there was actually a rumor or not a rumor. Excuse me. There was a some evidence uh, this week that that would actually be the case because Nintendo is polling users about a possible new WarioWare game and how much they would pay. Yeah, how do you how do you get to that? I was trying to figure like, can we access that, or is that just something that somebody got? That's like, something that somebody got. Like, so, I can't go vote um, on it, like yeah, the Sega stuff, right? I think it was sent by email. Okay, Nintendo sends e- me email that they're sending out to people. I was like, they send me stuff all the time. I thought maybe they would. It's like I want. I just want to say yes to that question. Yes, of course I would buy a WarioWare game. Those games are great. But I mean, the la- Well, I guess the last one we had was WarioWare Gold on 3DS, which was actually really, really good. Even if they ported that to Switch, I'd buy it again. I don't know that that game was awesome. The thing about the, the about the poll though was it wasn't even asking would you buy a new WarioWare game. It was saying how much would you pay for a new WarioWare game. So that's a level of specificity that says to me, okay, this is already on its way out the door. They already got an idea. So I think right? that's gonna, yeah. yeah, I think that they're gonna announce it like ninety nine percent. There's gonna be a new WarioWare announced at E three. Um, also ninety nine percent Zelda thirty fifth anniversary plans unveiled. Mario, the year of Mario is over. 
now it's time to bring Zelda in full swing. We got Breath of the Wild 2 coming out. So I think they're, they're going to have um, the, the whole celebration, everything we got from Mario, and maybe even more, because now with things starting to open up, maybe they would be open to doing like the symphony or something probably not this year but next year maybe they would say new zelda symphony tour coming next year maybe we get another edition of the hyrule historia series something like that uh, I'm, I, yeah, I'm excited for for what their plans are going to be and, and i expect to hear them in a couple of days breath of the wild too like trey said the, re- the release date is going to be announced for sure i think we're also going to hear details about a special edition and the kind of extra things that come with that, maybe the soundtracks and a special book of some kind. Looking forward to that for sure. I mean, Bre- Breath of the um, Wild had stuff, right? Didn't Breath of the Wild have special editions for the Switch? I, th- I, th- I feel I like it so. did. I thought there was one that came with like a bag or something. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, they've done it before. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, even though More I feel like, like cases and stuff. Yeah, even though I was like, I, I'm like, I don't know how many times Nintendo does special editions, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put past them. To, to what if it. they? And this is kind of piggybacking on the Zelda 35th plan because I have that written down too. Do you think that you're going to make a focus on this one? Breath of the Wild 2, we're back to having an overworld theme. We're back to having music being like more of a central part because of how I would much like it that. was left out of Breath of the Wild. I would like that. I really miss the music on Breath of the Wild. Even though, well, we've talked about this probably, but the reason that it's not in Breath of the Wild, I think is because they stole everything from Monster Hunter. It's the same Monster Hunter does the same thing where there's no music unless you're fighting a unless you're fighting a monster. They've been doing that for years. And I mean Jeremy you were saying that as well now that you've played Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. You know how much Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild stole from Monster Hunter, like everything. Practically, <laughs> they stole like everything. It's a from very that game. different game ultimately, but Sure, but I mean but those elements are very obvious. But the no music, up, the no music hard. unless you're fighting something. Or in a town, yeah. that's that's Monster Hunter through and through. I mean, I think that also game. makes exploring more fun because you're not yeah. going mad with hearing the same song over and over again. I mean, if the song's good enough, it actually makes it better because even though you might be having a hard time getting through the level, you like the song. I don't know. You know, exhi- exhibit exhibit A, uh, the old uh, Bramble Blast music from Donkey mm-hmm. Kong Country 2. Hated that level, loved that song, but that's what got me through is because I liked hearing the song so much that I kept playing the game. You know, so I mean, it can, it can go vice versa. Well, I like the well, minimalist approach. I hope they keep continue with it too. for the next Zelda. Actually, there's an artist I like called Igloo Ghost, who he's pretty he's pretty popular. He's played festivals and stuff, but uh, they uh, their newest album is influenced by Breath of the Wild. Like that's that's a genre now to have been influenced by breath of the wild. So it has those little trills and those little, like the little, the, the piano, the thling, whatever. Yeah. 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 That's a huge part of the, like the sound of this new record. So I don't discount breath of the wild as being a musical game. It's just kind of want that theme back. I, I just I miss, I just miss like being on soaring a majestic theme. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I just miss like being on a horse, like walking, th- like running, th- you know, like going fast through the overworld and hearing that wonderful song behind you. Like mm-hmm. I miss that stuff. Like that, like that overworld song from twilight princess, I thought was awesome. And I loved like riding around to that song or like the, the song from wind waker, like that, that song, super baller, like the, you know, the one that you sail with, like that song's really, really good. And that was like one of my, you know, and, and it, and it really felt like it was missing. 
in the new one when you're just riding around on a horse and there's just nothing. You know, there's nothing behind you. You know, that's a big that's a big thing that I like about RPG type games where I'm exploring a big area is you need to have that amazing like score behind you that makes it feel more epic. But that's me. You know, I I, I prefer that. I think Nintendo's going to come back to the the central spot of what Zelda always was. And I think here in like 10, 15, 20 years, Breath of the Wild is going to be an anomaly in the in the whole Zelda formula. Like it's going to be regarded as a good game still, but it's going to be I think that the experimental nature of it was definitely an experiment worth taking, but Nintendo could have just as easily had it be a new IP, I think. It, it'll be the new uh, Zelda 2 of the series. We never see him return to that style. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting a new Metroid. Well, um, I mean... Not not Prime 4, but well, there's going to be a new Metroid well, that, announced that, at E3. I mean, that's been rumored at a bunch of places, too. So, so like a Zero Mission or something I, like that? Well, we, we talked about that, too, like a few weeks ago because it was... Uh, because it was rumored, and uh, I think, yeah, because they said that Mercury Steam, the guys who who did uh, Samus Returns, were, were had like just finished a project, and they're working on something else now. I think that it's going to be a remake of Fusion, because if, if anybody beat uh, Samus Returns, at the end, it does a little after credits where it shows the, the Metroid from Fusion. So I think that that's what it's going to be. But yeah, no, I, there was a rumor about there being a a 2D Metroid that was that was the already Super done. Metroid remake could be really cool. Yeah, but I don't want that because why try to fix something that's already perfect? I don't know. <laughs> You're right, and there's certain things about it that are a little janky, but that makes sense within that that particular like graphical set. Yeah, that particular hardware. Yeah, I just think I think Fusion just because they showed stuff from Fusion at the end. But I but if it was my choice, I would like just a brand new 2D Metroid game. That's not a remake of anything. That's just its own game. That would be what I would prefer. Would you like some Ring Fit DLC? I think we're getting Ring Fit DLC for I sure. I want Ring Fit DLC so bad. I mean, do you guys? I mean, neither of you guys. More songs. Neither more of you songs. guys ring anymore, though, right? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't ring either. We're, we're, we've become non-ringers. We're not. We're not ringing anymore. Not ringing in the new year. Yeah, not not ringing. ringing in nothing. <laughs> I'm a bell without a clap. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. a lot of people are sure ringing. What that means. <laughs> Um, since that since that game has spiked in sales over the last year, I think they'd be foolish not to go for some paid DLC and make a little bit more money. Well, seeing the add-on to the you know the Dead of Night add-ons at Mario Party, like it could happen to any game at this point. Sure, yeah. I mean, and and there's a good there's a very good chance that it's going to be like you know we see that in a lot of directs where it's just going to be like oh here's an added thing for a game that already exists. So I mean that's a very good chance that we'll, that we'll see that and it. I mean, what it was, whatever, like the last official Nintendo Direct, I think, had Ring Fit DLC on it before. So, I mean, it's there. I really need to just take Ring Fit out of my Switch because I'm just not using it. And mm. I need to just, I need to just put fucking uh, that other game in there that I really liked, the Zelda, the Zelda clone game, and just finish that game because I love Phoenix it so Rising. Much. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I can't even remember what it was called anymore. I put like Immortal oh, Phoenix, Immortal Phoenix Rising. Yeah, I love that game. I need to just put it in there and finish it because I'm just not. Ring, I'm not ring fitting. That's it like right me now. and um, the first uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah. Well, you know, I should just oh. take the physical out because I'm not using it. Will you be using Pikmin Four in the near future? I think you will because they're going to announce it at E3 for sure. They're gonna, they're not announce it, but they're going to debut more about it at E3 and talk about it. I think that um, it's been long enough since we've heard about it that uh, it's going to show up for sure. What do you think? I mean, I definitely think so. I wrote it down in my 
Yeah, you guys both well. got you guys both um, got Pikmin on there. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, hey, a lot of people said, "Hey, Pikmin was Pikmin Four," but I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it was either. I think that Pikmin Four was a more was a more substantial thing. But you know, yeah, they did re-release Pikmin Three on Switch, so maybe they did that to try to people try to remind people of the series. And there's another Pikmin in the works. I mean, Miyamoto doesn't really have his hands in stuff that much anymore, right? I figured he was kind of hands off on. The he's game. more of an executive now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's actually really making games anymore. Like even the Zelda stuff is like Aonuma now, and not and not Miyamoto. So. And Pikmin was like his was his baby, so I, that's why I thought that maybe it wasn't. Maybe he had just didn't care anymore. I don't know, or just it had gone past. But yeah, sure, I'm, I'd be all for it if it happens. I think there's also going to be something relating to Nintendo's efforts to expand the use of their IP. And that could be maybe concept art from the Mario movie. I don't, I don't think they're going to show a teaser for the Mario, Mario movie. It's way too early, and this you know the theaters are. are still uncertain at this point but i think it's likely they could show like hey here's a little bit of what we've been doing on the mario movie they could announce that select soundtracks are now released on a music streaming streaming service that would be really cool like to have an official presence of nintendo on apple music or or especially those uh those higher quality things that were in the giga leak like the Mm -hmm. including the original sample sounds and stuff from super nintendo I think because they've they've made specific mention that they are trying to use their IP better in other spaces besides video games. Some kind of showcase of of, of that effort is going to happen. Maybe even like an announcement of a new TV series. I don't know what series that would be, but some kind of partnership like Famicom you know, Detective Club, the show. <laughs> hey, I'd watch it. Sure, I mean, they they have that. That's a that's a game that I'm still planning on getting. I was going to buy it whenever Jess had time to play it so we could play it together. But yeah, there's, I mean, that's, that could be a show. It's already a show. Just take the two episodes in there, put that on Netflix, just have somebody play it and you can just watch it. I mean, you could already do that for free through Twitch, but yeah. And, uh, you know, in the spirit of, of Jeremy perennially talking about the new successor to the 3DS, I'm going to give my always guess here, a new Chibi Robo game, just cause I want to will it into existence. Mm-hmm. I want it to happen. Uh, my uh, was it my my always guesses for E three that I always say as a joke because I'll know they're never happen is a F zero GX two and Star Tropics three. <laughs> that's 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 what I want, but none of them will ever happen. I just it'll never happen, so I just left it off of my list because I I've given up believing on those things. But if Star Tropics three ended up being the end now and and one more thing, I would just like I would blow my mind. <laughs> I would I would just. I would just be, uh, I could just die right then. I'd, everything had happened to me that I ever needed to happen was that. Was it now? And now Star Tropics 3. <laughs> it would well, just be hilarious. By a yo-yo. But no, but, I hope. Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, I hope all of that stuff happens. I mean, I, I'm sure we'll, I'll be making a bingo card again, of course, you know, mm-hmm. to watch it and all that. And who, see, who knows? I don't know what my schedule will be like at that time, but if I'm able to watch it all day, I, I will. And maybe I might stream it or something. Who knows? Yeah, I actually plan on watching it all day. I'm it's like on a Tuesday. Day. I thought it would be mm-hmm. over the weekend, but I guess E3 is... Because I thought E3 was just... I don't know. E3 is going to be weird anyway, so I don't really know it's what It's an the exciting is. couple of days for me because I, I, it's Nintendo's E3 presentation Tuesday, and then Wednesday is when I get to move, when I start moving. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you get to like get taken to heaven before you get taken to hell. Well, between, not <laughs> necessarily. Like That's when we get the keys. That's like... That's a day when you like go and you just like 
survey the place and start to get an idea of what you wanted to do with it. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I don't see it as a as a chore. Well, you guys have it. I mean, you guys have it better where you have like a month of time in between. It's mm-hmm. not like most of the time for me, it's like, here's the keys. Okay, now you got to yeah. move like all your shit in there. And that's going to take not, you I mean, we're a long ass time. To a house, it's going to so take you like 20 hours. It's a lot, but it's a one-story house we're moving to. Well, two-story house, but we can throw everything in. I mean, we could literally just throw everything in the garage and move it from there later if we wanted to. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I don't There's think... There's only one bit of news that I kind of wanted to talk about to mention. Okay. Is that Nintendo is opening a museum in Japan. Oh, yeah. I did want to mention that because we did kind of... Because that kind of like a... It kind of like goes from what you were just saying about Nintendo saying like another thing of their IP or whatever. Like that's something that does mm-hmm. exist right. as a piece of news. So Right. They're converting one of their old warehouses into a museum, which is going to show their whole history from its inception back in 1889 until today. Yeah. That's I mean, well, there's another reason for you to go to Kyoto. I mean, which, you know, that was always that was something we wanted to do. While we were there, but it was just so expensive. It was going to add like another like three hundred, four hundred dollars to our trip, and our trip was already expensive enough as is. But I would like to go there whenever Japan lets people into their country again, which is still not happening. Even though, even though here everybody's like, you know, woo, let's go crazy, whatever. Japan is still pretty, still pretty locked down, and they're not really letting anybody in there. So, but no, it, it sounds cool. But yeah, is there any other thing else you want to say about that? I want to go. Somebody buy me a ticket. Yeah. Well, buy us, buy us a ticket when we can go. Actually, the, you know, there's two things I just want to talk about really quickly, just because. But there were a couple of anniversaries that happened this week. Um, Splatoon 1 on Wii U and Mario Kart 7 have turned, or Mario Kart 8 has turned 7, and Splatoon 1 has turned 6. So that just goes more to my point that Mario Kart 8 is an old-ass fucking game, and we need a new one. <laughs> Damn it. Seven years old. Come on, it's old. It's the oh, why, did, why didn't any of us more... say that for our prediction? Like that's an obvious one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I didn't even think it, but two it's main things. Though. I think Mario Kart Eight, Mario Party Two. That's what I'm hoping is not. We already have eight. Seen the Mario meme. Kart Nine, Mario Party Two. Because this has become like the Grand Theft Auto Five of Mario, in a sense, like uh, oh, where it'll be like on every the, system forever. You've pro- yeah, you've probably <laughs> seen the joke that was like uh, PlayStation Two had three. Grand Theft Autos. Grand Theft Auto Five has three PlayStations. Yep, it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Well, it's it's basically and so. Is that going to yeah. happen with the with Mario Kart Eight? It's going to be like, well, here's another version of it on the new Switch. Well, yeah, I thought we that created something or another. I thought the reason that the that Mar- that Dragon the whatever the fuck it's called that the GTA Five was like that was because of all the online stuff where it's almost yeah. kind of become an MMO. So it's mm-hmm. basically like mm-hmm. Dragon Quest Ten. I mean, Dragon Quest Ten is on is on Wii, Wii U, Switch, 3DS. I mean, it was on like everything. And it's on PS4 too. They basically just You're right. it never ended, so they just kept put, bringing it out for whatever new system there was cuz it's a MMO, it doesn't end ever. So I mean, that's what, you know, they just keep bringing it on and on and on and on. So. I think it is hard not to look at yeah, it's hard to to see that for a lot of people Grand Theft Auto 5 is their online game they play. Cuz I don't see it that way. I tried playing it for a little while, annoyed the shit out of me, couldn't do it. But apparently, if you stuck with it at the beginning, you got a bunch of free money. So I messed that one up. But um, yeah, not my not my cup of tea. The Grand Theft Auto online world. Yeah, I don't know. I I never even played. I never even played the game. So not even regular, non online. So I don't know. But I'm really it's hoping. It's a good game. It's fun. But regardless, 
give give me a Mario Kart that I want to buy that I don't already own on Switch because I'm not buying eight. So there you go. Unless it goes on sale for twenty dollars during the E3 sale, which there'll be an E3 sale, but most likely if there is, like most Nintendo things, it's only going to go as cheap as forty dollars. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's crazy to believe that Splatoon's been out for six years. That game's great. Both of them, Splatoon one and two. We awesome. know there's a third one happening. So and it's we know there's like a third one it happening. Hasn't yeah. continued to yeah to move ahead. It was just as far as Mario Kart eight though. Nope. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that Splatoon was actually younger than Mario Kart. I thought the Splatoon came out before, but I guess not. But yeah, they both came out at the end of May. So and the end of May's already happened. But just give us another Mario Kart. I I think I know Mario Kart eight super seller. Make nine more people will buy that too. That's our message to Nintendo right here. Mario Kart 8 and Super Mario Party 2 are like two ones that I think is a good chance that we'll see, especially like with the, it'd be a good time to strike when the iron's hot, right? Because they, they added the online, then Mario Party 1, then Super Mario Party became, got in the top five of of the eShop stuff. Just do another one now that has, you know, like random, that has like ranked battle, online battle where you can play with randoms and stuff like that and you know, make make like an ultimate online super mario party is what i'm saying but yeah i think that's i think that's it for our show today this week thanks everybody for listening if you like the show and you want to hear more of us talking go to patreon.com slash nintendo main podcast and if you don't donate as little as a dollar you can hear all of our bonus episodes we have over 30 bonus episodes on there that are only available on that uh we just recorded a new one for this month which is the more positive side of the video game movies. We talk about our favorites on there. I think it's pretty good. It should be up this week, so check that out. Also, if you are already on the Patreon feed and you're listening to this right now through that, I added a a Discord link. So now if you want to talk to us directly through Discord, you can do that. So check your thing. And if any of you are are the $5 and above, uh, please put your address on there on your on your profile so we can send you stuff because there's actually merchandise that is ready to send out and there and some of them can't get shipped because there's no addresses so go and fix that just just go and log into your account and put your address in there so they know where to send it but aside from that you can find us on youtube youtube.com slash nintendo main podcast uh you can find jeremy and i on twitter at nintendo underscore at nintendo underscore domain and at jmaxstack also, if you want to watch me play video games, I will be playing as of right now on twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast. I'll be playing Subnautica on Tuesday nights, Shin Megami Tensei 3 on Thursday, and Megami Tensei 1 on Saturday. I'll be doing that until something else new comes out. And if you want to hear Jess and I talk about old movies, check out How Is It Now. We just did a pretty epic episode about West Side Story and how it relates to David Lynch and Shin Megami Tensei. So... I think it's pretty, I think it's, I thought it was a pretty good episode, so check that out. But we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jerry Mikowski. John Litter. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. See you.